Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This episode 140, Machete from 2010. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And this episode is brought to you by Roberto Lovato's Unforgetting, a memoir of family, migration, gangs, and revolutions in the Americas by HarperCollins. I would like to take a minute to read you the first line. The machete of memory can cut swiftly or slowly. Wow. Okay. Well, shout out to Roberto Lovato and welcome back, I guess, to Robert Rodriguez week and a half here on Too Fast, Too Forever. We covered Alita Battle Angel. There was a new trailer, or a new, not a new trailer, but a new poster that I posted last night as we're recording this that, you know, now it's back in theaters. So maybe Machete yeah. will return to theaters. Maybe we will inspire something. I don't know. I don't know how any of this works, but uh, we are back here to talk more Robert Rodriguez movies starring or featuring Michelle Rodriguez. But first, Joe, extracurricular activities what have you been up to since we last spoke? Nothing much, but I had a fun story for you about Amazing Race. So we were watching season three of Amazing Race, and for the second time in two seasons, a woman takes a man on the show. She's like, we've been friends forever. You know, we possibly want to start dating, so we're going to do this and see how it goes. And I told you about the, the double mint twins, mm-hmm. right? There's like five teams left, and she decided that she has a huge crush on one of the twins and spends all of her time hanging out with them. This guy has to watch his half a girlfriend be in like a half a relationship with another teammate. And I'm like, God damn it, the second time in two seasons that we've had to see this. That's so weird. It's so strange. Like, she's, like, waiting up for them. They, like, had to ride this train to get from, like, you know, like, one place to another. And she's like, okay, you stay in this car. I'm going to go in the car with them. And, like, just, like, leaves him alone. Like, I get it, but also, like, like in the middle of the race, though, dude, come on. Are you going to watch the uh, the new season, I think, just started? I like the older ones. I don't want to spoil. So this is what I was saying to Rachel. Like, there's, like, I know that they're still making them, and we saw, like, advertisements for the new ones. And I'm like, I don't want it to be, like, Battle of the All-Stars, or like, guess who's coming back because they oh. won last time. I only knew that it started because of uh, Never Not Funny was talking about it because they were both, yeah. you know, I, I was saying that how they were both watching the show. Now they were saying like, oh, we're probably going to talk about this a lot this season because like, it's the first time we're both watching it live. And I yeah. don't think it's, I don't get the impression that it's All-Stars, but maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know. I totally get where you're coming from. You don't want to spoil season three by watching season 23 40. or whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's something ridiculous. Either way, it's all nonsense and stupid. And like we put it on and like cook and stuff like that because it's you just like look up and they're like, oh, they're doing something else. And you they're going to tell you who loses. And then right. Who... Anything else you guys have been up to since we last spoke? No, I think that's it. Um, Watching some sports. Yeah, I don't think I was trying to think of what I've done. And I've watched a couple more movies, but nothing to write home about. So hopefully next time. I'll have seen some new horror movies that I can recommend, but the ones that I've seen recently, I'm just like, eh, okay, like Meh. nothing terrible, but also nothing good, nothing worth really talking about. We queued up a mini documentary, like a three-parter, that's called The Quiz. Oh, I, I watched that. Yeah, it, it, it aired it earlier this year. I didn't like it. I think it's okay. It feels, so it's about the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire cheating scandal in the UK. Yeah, which I didn't even know about. I think that's the thing. Like, I don't remember exactly, like I watched it in early June, because it was only three parts, it was a BBC thing, and it was 
cool that it was short. It, it was underwhelming to me. I didn't know what I was hoping for, but it wasn't that because it's not a documentary. It's a, it's a it's a fiction. It's a dramatization. Like it's. But is it based on a true story? I'm guessing. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Like I think a documentary could have been better. We watched like a couple of these. They made a couple of these, and they like were on Game Show Network, I think. And um, we watched like one about a guy that figured out how to cheat on Press Your Luck, mm-hmm. and he like memorized the like pattern. Because it was like it was old school. Do you remember Press Your Luck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he remembered the pattern. But anyways, I was like curious about this. But now that you said, yeah, that, like it's not bad. Like I, I looked up my letterbox review of it, and I felt like because the it's only three episodes, and the first two were. You feel, I feel like the tension in the first two is generated just because you know how Millionaire works, because everybody okay. knows how Millionaire works. And then yeah. I, I think if I knew it was a real thing, and I think this is exactly your point. Like if I knew this was a real thing, I'd be like, oh, I remember that. Like I remember the like comparing to McMillions, right? Like I remember yes. the McDonald's Monopoly game. Then I remember there is some vaguely like some cheating or like Scandal. I remember kind of like that. And I was like, oh, the documentary, like the the way that was told was more interesting. The things I liked about it were just I like Millionaire. You know what I mean? Like I just it's yeah, yeah. So but watch it, I mean, you know, it's literally two and a half hours, not including commercials. Like it's just it's it's short. Like it's like essentially a movie, right? So if you watch it, let me know what you think. Actually I will say that I've been I've been watching a series that my friend Bob told me to watch. It's from Adult Swim. I think all the episodes are on adultswim.com, except for maybe one, but there's a show called The Shivering Truth, which is an adult swim show, and okay. there's only twelve episodes, and it is like stop motion animation. It's the weirdest show. Like I don't know how to describe it. But check out if you go if you just want like a weird like kind of body horror sort of Halloween ish adjacent thing. I, I don't know how to describe it, but it's unlike anything I've seen before. The episodes are ten and a half minutes. It feels like there's an hour's worth of plot in them. It just it blows through. <laughs> it's it's insane, and it is like the weirdest thing. I don't know how to talk about it. I don't know how to describe it. But if you want something weird and kind of gross and unusual, uh, The Shivering Truth on AdultSwim.com has 11 of the 12. They pulled one episode because it was, like, very anti-cop. But, like, other other episodes are, like, very anti-other things, too. So I don't I don't know. It's, it like, you know, no sacred cows or whatever, right? Like, it's just, it's yeah. two seasons of six episodes each. I think it's coming back for a third season at some point. I don't know when. Weird show, but I recommend it. Joe, we have a Patreon page here on the show, TooFastToForever.com. Oh, actually, by the way, um, today is election day. If you have not voted yet, if you have not, you know, done early voting, if you have whatever, go vote. Go vote for... Socially distanced. Socially distanced, you know, responsible, wear a mask, all that stuff. Uh, Vote for Biden. You know, make the country seen, please, or something. I don't know. It's going to be bad no matter what happens, but just (laughs) go do that thing if you have not yet. Jesus Christ. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellenin, Justin Kleinman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, <laughs> Haley Gerbys, West Hampton, Christian Larson, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden, Renato DiDonato, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Montez. Thank you all for supporting the $5 level Thank or you. above. Your support is truly appreciated. Did you see Wells' tweet yesterday where he listed all the Patreons? <laughs> no, I gotta look. Hold on. Twitter.com. <laughs> I retweeted it. That's very funny. He emailed in today. He has one email that we're going to get to. But he like, I was like, oh yeah, that's, I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Like you definitely hear these every episode. 
And he like just he didn't even tag us or anything. He just like listed them like he was he was doing the, That's so the funny. Joey. I know it really cracked me up. Good job, Wells. Thank you so much. That was really funny. <laughs> if you want to help pick what we cover the next three laps, if you want to know what the next three lap themes are, we're two patrons away from what we thought was going to be a movie commentary. I don't think we're going to do that because you and I were talking like what else is there to say. And we've done watch alongs. That was the thing. Yeah, it was like we do watch alongs, and I guess that's kind of our like live movie commentary. So, but we can we'll, do we'll some kind of Patreon exclusive. Maybe like an episode or cover a movie or a TV show or something that just like never gets released to the feed. So once we get 20, Ooh. we'll figure something out. But yeah, too fast, too forever.com. If you want to support us over there, kick us a couple bucks, get some stickers, merch, control our lives. We also have an email address, family at cageclub.me. Joe, five emails today. A lot of emails. Five. Yeah. Wow. First up from the aforementioned Wells Lamont. What did the patient say to the mean dentist? I don't know. You hurt my feelings. <laughs> Too Fast, Too Furious, here we go. That was the subject line. I love Too Fast, Too Furious. It was always one of my faves, but as I'm watching it, I find so little to take notes on because it's like, what's there to say at this point? You guys are better than I am at picking these movies apart. We'll see how it goes. The movie just started. LOL. I don't say we're better. We all see different no. things. Like, that's the whole point of the show. Yeah, that's how we bring in different people and guests because, like, there's still things that we learn, perspectives that we've never thought about. Yeah. In these movies. It says, what made Fonzie and his partner raise Brian and Roman for their Cracker Jack toys? Muscleheads don't want fixie cars. I understand they're worth thousands yeah. of dollars, but it always seemed weird to me. I think they're just going to sell them and, and buy more muscle cars. Last thing for this email, how on earth did they not drop one of those fat bags of money into someone else's car when they did the 50 car switch in the big, huge garage? It really made the movie better that they took around 50 G's cash each or more, but I would like to hold bags worth. Either way, they came up fat, so I'm happy, haha. Every time I see, like, you know, $4 million worth of cocaine confiscated, I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, that was $40 million worth of cocaine confiscated, and the cops turned in $4 million worth of it. Like, especially, it, like, okay, that's drugs, that's one thing, so, like, I'm sure there's people that are, like, anti-drugs and, like, like, cash? You know, like, you, like, make a bust... And there's just cash there. It's like, what's the difference between a hundred grand and fifty grand? Well, like, I mean, in, in well, fifty grand is a difference in in math terms, but yeah, in in three or four years in the movie universe, they're all going to be multi multi millionaires anyway. So like, maybe this is good karma that they turned in the money and they uh, were able to successfully pull off the heist in Rio. So who knows? There's one season of The Wire where they like confiscate money and they're like, what happened to the money? And like Herc and the guy that becomes the sergeant, they're like missing because like on the wire they heard them say they had like eighty grand, but like when they turn it in there's only like 40 maybe that's why you don't do it because maybe they know somewhere are criminals really being like oh man where's my 80 grand at i, I it's criminals are well i mean stupid. if you're turning into the criminals or like here you're turning into the police right and the police are like you know you could disappear it i'm saying if if i was a cop and there was money to be found and nobody knew how much it should be i would always skim off the top i mean we also don't know that they didn't i mean we see the the, the money in their waist but we don't know that it wasn't somewhere else too right so not fair yeah good point he says okay bros onto the fast and furious presents tokyo drift I'll see you guys on the other side. I'm glad he's doing a rewatch, though. That's cool. Yeah. And thanks for the tweet again, because it really cracked me up last night. So thank you. The next two emails are from Montez. First one, October 2019. Okay. I finally made it to lap five. She's cruising, dude. But like you said, I think six is kind of where they get really dense. When did we go weekly? I guess I think we went weekly around here, six. right? So she's, I mean, she's in the every two weeks portion. I think she's now maybe into the... She lists her thoughts. I still haven't seen past five. Yeah. Every time I tell my husband that I need to introduce our son to these movies, he groans. He says our dude is obsessed with anything with wheels, so it's only a matter of time. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's I like that Montez hates these movies to some extent, but her husband hates them even more. Like, that's <laughs> wild. 
She says, listening to Joey have to read these sex scenes is both painful and hilarious. You and my lifespan is the best thing that we do on this podcast by yeah. far. I've been listening to these episodes at one and a half speed to try and crush them all. I do not fault you for that. I listen to all of our, not our podcasts, but all of our network's podcasts at higher speeds. Although I do cut down on a lot of stuff. So like, and I talk, I talk more quickly than most other people I know. So like, I don't know how you're able to do that. Like that's, I'm commending you. That is, uh, that is impressive that I cut out all the dead space and I speak so fast. Yeah, they're cranking. Very funny. So Brian and Kyle know that I listen to podcasts faster. And especially when they're, then they do a full movie rewatch of a Hoffman movie. Uh, I listen way faster because like a lot of it is dead air because yeah. they're just watching a movie and they're reacting in real time. Those I'll listen at like two and a half or three times speed, like just like, cr- like way, way faster. Oh, you watched a three hour movie. I'm not going to spend three hours, even an hour and a half. Like, I'm just going to, whatever. Yep. But they asked, they wanted to ask me a question. And so <laughs> I don't know how slowly they spoke, mm-hmm. but they spoke slowly enough that it sounded normal speed to me at three times speed. It was like the funniest thing I've ever heard. Because they were just like, oh, we need to ask Joey a question. <laughs> Joey. It was, it was very, very funny. So uh, shout out to those guys and shout out to Montez. That's awesome good for them. She said, I tried slowing it back down to normal speed the other day, and it sounded like I'm what I'm sure the equivalent of watching paint dry sounds like. Not saying you guys talk slow, but after 60 plus episodes of the faster speed, my brain isn't processing your normal voices anymore. Yeah, no, I totally know where you're coming from. That's also going to be really weird. Like, next time we see Montez, she's going to be like, oh yeah, your voice is way different, right? Once she catches up, she can maybe, you know, go normal speed. I don't know. Okay. it's It is weird, though, to go from even going from, like, listening to, like, Brian's show to, like, listening to Comedy Bang Bang or something, they're speaking normal speed. It's just like, wait, did I... Like, am I on drugs right now? Like, why does everything (laughs) sound weird? But I'm saying, like, you know, we were just, like, we were just doing the thing with Nico, right? And Nico was like, oh, yeah, I finally put, like, a face... Because we don't record with video. Right. And he's like, I finally put, like, a face with a body, and, like, that feels weird. Like, imagine, like, you know the voice, and you're like, that sounds familiar, but not normal. Yep. Charlize with contacts or something. Some episode I just listened to asked about Wahlburger. My favorite part of eating there was the listening, the, the listing of government cheese as a cheese option. Ooh, okay. Okay. Ooh. So it's like craft, like government cheese. I well, guess so. not, well, not craft, but craft, yeah. I'm below 90 episodes. The end is so much closer than it was many moons ago. Although I feel like the last update we had was she was under 100. So like 10 closer is closer, but you still have 90 more to go, right? Plus all, you know, two a week. So you'll get here eventually, Montez. You'll catch up. Chocolate ice cream with cayenne pepper added in is delicious. I like the chocolate spicy combo. Um, I don't know what that's in reference to, but Mexican hot chocolate type stuff. That's cool by me. I used to eat a lot of chocolate bars that had like cayenne in them. There's some chocolate tier or something in Seattle and it's you know fair trade and just like expensive chocolates but it's delicious and I went to their retail store when I was in Seattle for literally two and a half hours I was in Seattle long enough to walk to the place Pike's Market whatever they weren't throwing the fish I was like nothing for me to do here I went up the Space Needle I got a burger and I went to this chocolate shop I'm like okay I did Seattle gotta go like I just didn't have time I want to go back but they have this shop and I got one of the best spicy chocolates I've ever had there but they Mm. have for every type of candy bar and they have you know dozens if not hundreds they have like a little plastic container they have like crumbled up chocolate that you can just try bits of whatever and it was it's yeah. the best it's the greatest i love free samples especially of chocolates so i'm with you also so amazing when you called the number in the fast and the furious lap five and the dude answered he sounded like that happened to him all the time who do we call then i don't remember the only one that like really answered was the shop that was in the background of the street race 
Remember? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you were like, do you know that you're in the Fast and the Furious? And he's like, yes. And you're like, did they shoot there? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> like, right. right in front of our building. Yep. <laughs> we're like, okay. I mean, that church did not answer, but, you know, sad but true. Well, they're closed, but... <laughs> and it's pandemic. I'll never again stop listening. This has become a full-time job. I understand the error of my ways. I'm glad I'm still a part of the family, I hope. Well, of course you are. You always were, even not listening. But we talked. Yes. I mean, we talked about her enough while she wasn't listening that she should still get a charge out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you were never forgotten. On a random nostalgic note, I'm so glad I randomly met Joey at a wedding all those years ago. So we had this long distance virtual friendship. I hope lasts forever, Montez. You're getting all kinds of like lovey friendship vibes this week between Dan's clock, Montez being excited she met you at a wedding. Well, so like That's this, awesome. I don't know if I've ever told this story, but like I met her at my my best friend growing up named Andrew uh, was getting married, and I went to his bachelor party, which was a nightmare and not a fun nightmare, just like a oh boy, um okay, <laughs> and like I I was living in Austin, so I like flew up to these, and I was like oh boy. And then I went to the wedding, and I, because of the bachelor party, I was like, uh, I'm not really, like, good friends with him, of course, and I want to be there for him, because I'm, you know, I'm a groomsman, too, but I'm like, yeah, this wedding is going to be, like, whatever. The night before, we have, like, the rehearsal dinner or whatever, and it was cool, it was fun, mm-hmm. it was nice, and then I, we go back to his house, Andrew's house, and I meet Montez. I was so mad at Andrew. I'm like, why did you not tell me that this, like, fun girl who, like, loves movies was going to, like, like... <laughs> like, we would be best, like, why don't, why did you, and they're like, oh, yeah, like, you know, you would be friends, huh? Okay. Yeah. I'm like, you fuck. come on, guys. Like, just think about it. Like, I don't know anybody. I know like three people here. Like, be like, oh, hey, you guys both like movies. Talk about things. Like, I. I think that's one thing that I'm pretty decent at is being like, this person and this person would really get along if they ever met. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, not like relationship wise, but just like you guys have very similar tastes. You'd have a lot to talk about. Boom, there you go. Right. And you'd be like, oh wow. Yeah, cause I'm not even. I'm, I'm not like, hey, like hook me up with her. Cause she had, like she was already yeah. engaged at that point. But I'm just like, tell me that there's somebody here. Like, cause my parents. Are, I like, talk I was talking to my parents tonight, and like you know, I had a couple friends and whatever. But like, oh yeah, hey, there's this person you don't you don't know. She loves movies. She like she likes weird shit. Like yeah, you guys would get along. A lot of bands is the similar. Yeah. Like everything. You guys Boy. are. Yeah. Then Montez sends another email. Today is my anniversary, dot, dot, dot. This was two days ago. Happy anniversary, Montez. And I spent five minutes of it talking about this podcast, crying, (laughs) laughing as I made Sean, her husband, listen to exactly three minutes of chapter three of You Are My Lifespan. This is who I am, apparently. Montez. Dude, well, that was the best introduction you could have given him. And I hope chapter three is the one with Kara when she when she says I'm story, because I think that that's what that one was. I can find out. Let's see here. How many have we done? Like eight? Seven or eight? No, it's it's like six at the most. Oh, we've done six. You are right. We've done six. I thought we were yeah. further along than we were, but we are not. You are my lifespan. Chapter three. Oh, no. This is where Rachel plays Leon. Oh, yeah. For, for one word. For one like word. Two, what was it like? Words. What? Yeah, it was something real dumb. It was like, no. <laughs> okay. Cool. Like, that was Rachel playing Leon. Thank you. Yeah. And then, Joe, our last two emails from the same person. Someone's not written in a while. Justin Kleinman. First subject line, I've had a few beers and I'm listening to Glenn Campbell. Ooh. Okay. Man, I haven't written in in a while. I keep hearing new episodes and thinking, damn, I was going to write in. Anyway, if it helps with the poll, I'm not wild about either option, but voted for the non-lost choice. You can retract my vote if it's a tie. We kind of did that, so thanks for the okay. 
Like, if you have a better idea, right? in. Like, if people have an idea for a thing, like, we're not going to say, we won't just say yes, but if you have an idea for a thing that we could do, like, ongoing as a segment, if you have another idea, you know, we're, we're willing to listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We take suggestions. Yeah. You don't know how many times somebody sends us in, like, hey, did you think about this movie? And we're like, hmm, no, we didn't. Support us on Patreon. Maybe we'll do it. Yeah, exactly. And we're like, yeah, that was a really fucking good idea. Thanks. It says, also, I made a maybe stupid choice with this purchase. See attached photo, which I think you've seen these probably on Facebook. Let me see. I thought about making it a car oh, picture, yeah. but you wouldn't get to it until 2022. So there it is. It's a 1981 <laughs> Dodge motorhome with a big ass 440 engine. Thing sounds ridiculous when it starts up. Anyway, it needs some love. We're basically just working on it every night. Super 80s with orange carpet and every shade of brown you can imagine. P.S. I've loved every joke about Hank not liking Spy Racers. Oh, good, 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 good. But yeah, this motorhome is amazing. It looks like the fucking, the methmobile from from Breaking Bad, doesn't it? The crystal ship. Yeah, that's what I meant. And also, I want to know what this super horn is. Can I get a recording of all of the of all of the super horn options that you have, please? If you could send us an audio file. Oh my the, god, yes. Please, please, please. Of the super horn. He has like this contraption that's wired into the dash. That has a whole like big dedicated manual all to itself. And it has at least what, like twenty buttons on this thing? It's a lot of buttons. It's close to twenty. It's so I would like to hear that. Oh, on a related note. That's really funny that he just bought this because my dad, for no reason, just bought a camper, too. Okay. Like, I don't know why. He got, like, real excited about it, and he I mean, bought I think, this. I think there's a couple things going on here. Number one, for a, a project like this, it's a great thing to do while yeah. you're not able to go anywhere. And then also, you can go anywhere in this. Like, you don't have to stay in a hotel. You can just yep. park at, like, a national park or something. Like, this is a great thing. I'm, I'm happy for you guys. This is awesome, Justin. Yeah, no, it's super cool. And it looks like it's just, like, a ton of fun. And I like the retro vibe of it. Like, it, it fits, right? Like, it feels fun. Although I did have a weird, and I don't want to add, this is just probably my level of paranoia that is um, not healthy, but there's a house that I walk by on my daily walk that has a Winnebago. Like, it's this big, beautiful, like, looks like brand new, huge Winnebago, right? Like, okay. top of the line. And then I walk by recently, and it's not there. And I'm like, oh, so they're probably just, like, on vacation somewhere. I'm like, wait, does that mean, like, the house is, like, empty? Like, it's this weird, like, criminal <laughs> yes. burglar thing where it's like, oh, there's a Winnebago in the parking lot or the driveway 80% of the time, and then it's not there. It's like, oh, house is open season, which I'm sure that's not actually the case, but it's also like, oh, that's a weird, weird thing. They could also have ring doorbells and a security system, bud, so... Don't True. get too many ideas over there. I mean, my house, my parents' house got burglarized twice. It's just where my brain goes, right? It's just like, uh, yeah. That sucks. Last email, also from Justin, catching up on my notes. Once again, I have a bunch of notes in my work truck from listening. Most are super old since it's been so long since I wrote. So let's see. One time you were talking about strange and out of place accents. I don't know why. Anyway, reminded me of this time I was in a wedding in England. A lady there introduced me to her boyfriend from Mexico. I had so much trouble focusing on what he was saying because I'm so used to hearing a Mexican-American accent, but his English was British, uh... so a combination of Mexican, Spanish, and the Queen's English. Throw in a few beers, some dance music, and his girlfriend's Scottish brogue, and the conversation was a disaster. <laughs> I don't remember what movie it was, but it was an Asian dude who had been raised in England, right? And so yes. he, it, it makes sense when you think about it, but it's just like, oh, that's not what I expected you to sound like. Yes, and I definitely had a Japanese teacher in Japan that learned British English, so she had a Japanese-British English accent, and it was also very strange for my brain. We would yep. be like, what the fuck are you talking about? But yep. yes, I get it. I too knew what Gravedigger was and also agree as a child of the 80s, Bigfoot was the top dog for monster trucks. Bigfoot's still on. We actually was we were watching some 
Monster Truck the other night. They play it on NBCSN, I think, and they play it before some sports at some times. Okay. I was, like, watching the end of it, and then I saw Bigfoot, and I was like, oh, yeah, Bigfoot was another one. That's right. And, gotcha. like, they have, like, the Yeti now, too, or something. Sponsored by so. Yeti Cooler? No, it's not. Tyler Florence, his food truck road trip contest is a favorite of ours for garbage TV. I've never thought of him being high during it at all. Now it's all I think of. Speaking of garbage TV, Joe, too... You ever watch House Hunters International? That's our number one garbage show. People are always rich, white, American assholes who want to make mansion <laughs> across the street from a La Sagrada Familia or next door to the Eiffel Tower. It's a great combo of people-hating and travel-lusting. Whenever we watch the house ones, it costs me money because mm. we'll watch it and Rachel will get ideas. And so I try to avoid those ones because it literally affects my bottom line. Like, she'll be like, oh, I really like that they put these kind of blinds in and then I'll have to go spend $600 on blinds, right? So, so that's a secret between us of why I try to avoid those ones. That makes sense. But no, I do, we, we, we have watched a ton of those, but I don't think I've ever watched House Hunters International. I watched like House Hunters Beach or like Beachfront once or something, you know, like some, they're all the same show, right? Yep. So like we've watched the ones where they go to like like third world countries and want to buy like beachfront property and stuff like that. Whenever I used to watch those shows, because like, those are the shows that my parents and my sister love and you know, there's oh, like whenever I go to my parents' house, like it's always on there, right? Because it's just yeah. either cooking show or HGTV show or whatever. Yeah. And I always just find myself getting so angry. It's like, oh, this two million dollar home on the Bermuda shore is not good enough for you. Like, okay, I see how I see what you, I see what's going on here. <laughs> yeah. Also the, the like the running joke of like the What's your budget? I'm a hamster milker, and she's a, you know, stay-at-home knitting instructor. Like, their budget's $4 million, and you're like, how? I mean, hamster milk goes for a pretty penny on the black market, so I I wouldn't uh, (laughs) downplay that. In the FF1 truck scene at the end where the heist goes wrong in the desert, I always assume that after they save Vince and the truck drives away, the trucker drives to the gas station with a giant giant dinosaur from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. It's right in that area. We stopped there when we were driving through Coachella Valley a few years ago. It has a creationist museum in it now. Ooh, boy. Cool. (laughs) Boy, I went there on my road trip. It's like there's just like a dinosaur exhibit, dinosaur museum thing in the middle of the desert in California. Like when you come from Las Vegas towards San Diego... You pass by this whole thing. Really? Yeah, let me find this. Hold on. Was there dinosaurs in California? Like, did they find fossils in California? I'm sure they I found it everywhere, I think, didn't they? No, there was, like, places that were, like, higher concentrations of, like, dinosaurs. Well, yeah, I know, sure. like, you know, like, North Dakota and stuff like that. Yeah, but... Yeah. Cabazon, California, home to the world's largest dinosaurs. I'm okay. Gonna you, I'm going to send you my travel blog from that year. Oh, thanks. You just want clicks. I get it. Yes, you know <laughs> it. I don't even have a click counter on this, but yeah. Did they discover dinosaurs there is what I want to know, though. Because, like, this would make sense if there was, like, oh, we found this. Because it's not like a museum, right? Like, the Natural History Museum of every big state has dinosaurs. But, like, if it's in the middle of California, there had to be, like, someone's digging, finds a T-Rex, and they're like, shit, we have dinosaurs here. Like, let's just make the museum here. Oh, yeah, this is for sure the same place, because I'm looking at the Wikipedia for Cabazon dinosaurs, and there's a whole subsection called Creationist Museum, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. It's in the movie Mm. The Wizard. It's in Fallout New Vegas. It's in the movie Palm Springs. Yeah, yeah, like, this is... Okay. Yes. It seems like they just want to make money. It's it's just a tourist attraction, which, which I actually love. some of my favorite things. Yep, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Well, I love it explicitly because of the video game Sam and Max Hit the Road. Them going around trying to solve the mystery of the missing Bigfoot. I I love that game so much, and I think that's what instilled in me like the John Muir Museum or like the uh, world's largest ball of twine or like just like Stucky's. 
or Snuckies. There's one of them is real and one of them's in the game, but it's just like all like the weird roadside stuff. So like when I, let me see if I can find, hold on. Um, I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get another click from you. Hold on. When I first did okay. my road trip, I like bought a map of the country, hung up like what was probably like four feet by six feet, this gigantic map of the United States on my wall. And I put push pins in for every baseball stadium, every national park where I had friends. So like there's a little yellow thing, I think in Pittsburgh. I think that's you. There is. I think yes. yellow is friends, maybe. I don't remember. It looks like red is baseball and yellow is friends, I think. I think blue was like weird roadside attraction i think yeah and i think green was like national parks and stuff but like i had all these push pins and then like eventually when i moved out of my parents house i took this map off the wall it was the coolest thing like there was essentially like a map of the united states in push pin holes behind it because i had so many push pins on it because this ah. was like just the first draft like, i added a whole bunch more of like other places i wanted to stop and whatever so that's very cool here you wrote the code at the bottom of this thing you goob red pins are mlb stadiums yellow pins are where i have friends green is roadside attractions blue is national parks it's literally on the post i was just looking the picture i wasn't even reading the post but yeah of course i have a code why would i not have a code you know me this is so joey of you to have this to have this and the code and it's saved and it's there yep that's a hundred percent you i couldn't have written a better thing he says i gotta go back to work so i'll end with this joey do you remember a video game for dreamcast called c man s-e-a-m-a-n no it was a super fucked up game where you grow a tadpole with a man's face in an aquarium and he talks to you and sometimes berates you for doing things the wrong way that's all there was it was like a video pet back to work justin no i don't know c man but that sounds amazing did it have a an extension for the vmu could you take it with you like a tamagotchi is what i really need to know I forgot about the VMU, but yeah, like, oh, if you want to call your plays in NFL 2K without your friends seeing what plays you're calling, like, yeah. The VMU was the most fucking awesome part of the Dreamcast, and no game ever really maximized what it could do. It was so fucking cool. I always dreamed that, like, you would be able to use this for something, and it was just like, nope, you could get, like, a mini game from the game that has nothing to do with the game. Yep. Or you could call your plays, which is like, that's cool, but also, okay. That's all the emails for today. Family at cageclub.me if you want to email and Thank you for everybody who wrote in. Thank you all so much for writing that in. Was Happy anniversary once again back. to Montez. And congratulations, Justin, on the uh, camper. On the Winnebago. Or, or the Ford. It's a Ford thing, I think he said. Joe, on the streets, Fast Furious News. Is there any news that you have seen since we last recorded? No. Vin has a new song out, which I have not listened to yet. I meant to listen yeah, to it, I haven't I to listened to it. to it either. We posted it, but I haven't given it a shot yet because I haven't been drunk enough to want to listen to Vin Diesel's songs. Apparently, it's better. Like I've I've heard thing like I've heard from a couple different places that it's better that people like it more than the first one. I didn't find the first one bad. It no. was just like it was just like a fun project. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Okay, this is like not tangential news, but Sean Connery died today. He did. Yep. And that's kind of sad. I mean, he was 90. in the relationship. Yeah, but like in the relationship of like. He's a pop culture icon, and also James Bond is kind of like the beginning of Fast and the Furious, right? So yeah, they're related. I mean, like, you know, I'm sure that Fast and the Furious took inspiration from James Bond at some point somewhere. Absolutely. No other news, I don't think. Maybe next time. No. Who knows? Who knows? So there was a... Actually, speaking of Bond, there was a thing that kind of sort of tangentially relates to our show. MGM lost 30 to 50 million dollars because they delayed no time to die and then they were the new, the new bond movie and then they were okay. talking about how uh it was going to come out come out for real like you know or christmas time or whatever and then they delayed that again all this marketing they spent in that regard uh they lost 30 to 50 million dollars for that uh, which is crazy because they overshot the date 
because they yeah, thought it was because they happen. were like, oh, this is for sure going to happen, and then it didn't happen. So then they were shopping it around to streaming like Netflix and Amazon or Netflix and Apple, I think explicitly, but they wanted six hundred million dollars for the rights. Okay, cool. And I don't. I, I some movie recently was purchased for like seventy five million. I was like, that's a lot of money. Like maybe some have been like for a hundred to hundred and twenty five, but like six hundred million is like four or five times. Like it's crazy to me. Yeah, it that's half a billion dollars. Yeah, for the rights to a movie is fucking incredible. Like, and you have to factor in it's a business, right? So like, are they gonna make? a half a billion dollars from the rights of this movie the financials behind streaming are just insane because like how much money how many people are going to sign up because it's like netflix is the only place to see the new bond movie right like you know you're going to get people to sign up but it's like is that going to be 600 billion or 600 million worth i don't think so hey guys editor slash producer joey here quick update we recorded a segment about lost season three episode one at the end of it we were like i don't know if this works anymore without michelle rodriguez involved so we're gonna put this segment on hold for now joe will still keep watching the show with rachel he will give some updates in the extracurricular activity segment as time goes on but we're putting this on hold might try out the other idea that we teased but did not say at the start of lap eight we'll see how it goes but just want to let you know no more ana lucia cortez leticia ortiz lost for a minute so thank you for voting but the winner is nothing apparently so and now back to the show but joe the last thing to do before i take a break and talk about machete is the fast and the furious minute minute 98 i think a title i don't like but it's the only thing i thought of it makes so much sense do a barrel roll In this minute, the race continues with Dom's car smoking. He pushes it even harder. Brian mm-hmm. uses a second shot of Nas. Again, quarter mile race. uses Nas a second time. Well, it's a minute deep in this race now. So. I know. Uh, I yeah. tracked it. It's, I think, a 96 second quarter mile. It's a little slow. Dom and Brian both jump in front of the train, barely escaping disaster. Dom looks over at Brian and crashes into a semi-truck, which sends his car tumbling. And that's the barrel roll. He does one complete turn to the left. And the one complete turn to the right, and it's just like it's a lot. It's a lot of spinning, but he also lands on all four tires. So good job on you, Dom. Like it was obviously a controlled burn, I guess, right? And the car is shredded. Yeah. yeah. You said, and I, I agree with you that there, this is a tough minute because like it's a lot of face action. A lot of face action. It's a lot. It's the same race that we've been talking about. We finally do see what we had both read about last time, which is the mirrored thirty-one, thirty-four. You've seen it in at least two shots, yes. but like, I don't know what else there is to pick up on in this minute that wasn't in previous minutes. So like, what did you, did you find anything? The truck that he hits okay. is a 1995 Freightliner FLD 
120. Okay. The second thing that I found, which you're looking at right now, yep. is where Dom runs into the semi. Is it at the intersection? Let's see here. Oh, it's right in front of the evergreen thing. It's still evergreen. Okay, cool. <laughs> That's, that was my whole point. So I think that this, you see the like left turn 15 miles an hour sign. We see that in the movie. I'm thinking that at some point that this little driveway here in front of the evergreen truck is where that truck was coming out of. Okay, that would make sense. And it's a green truck for Evergreen. Well, that's a cab. I and know. We, remember Nick told yeah, us that, like, still. the cab. And there is still an Evergreen truck here. Um, The only other thing that, like, is interesting is that the, the giant pipeline that we see behind it is just gone. Remember we were talking yeah. about how it, like, changed and stuff? There was, like, an Evergreen sign behind them at some point. But because they're trying to convey speed, there's a couple instances where there's, like, something written behind them. But you cannot focus it, no matter how hard you try. It also feels like they've passed Evergreen trucks and trails and cabs like five times in this quarter mile race. I could just see it, but I think we're just keep, keep seeing the same thing, probably, right? I think that it's well, and also if you like, you look where like you clicked, there's a lot of just stacked up trailers. So it's yeah. kind of like the docks in the wire. Maybe 25% of them are evergreen. So even if they are showing different places, you're still seeing it looks the same, right? It looks the same because it's just trailer stacked so oh one thing that i am i'm not sure about like one thing that i've been tracking that i don't know if it's right or not is the score because like i didn't remember hearing it might have been just really low last minute but in this minute we hear what i think is the train race by bt off the score which sounds like it starts but i don't know you're right it didn't feel like there was a song last time no and I like if you click it. on the if you click on the music not that you're gonna listen to it now but like if you click on the music like it there's something you notice here it's kind of like a thudding not like baseline, just like beat. It doesn't feel like the start of the song. So I don't know if it just jumps in in the middle. Like, I don't know what actually, like what part of the song, when the song started, but like what we're hearing now is different. I don't know. I don't know. Probably the train race by BT, but I don't know for sure. Because there's the next song yeah. we're going to hear, I think, of the next minute called Hand the Keys or Handing the Keys. This is gotta be the train race because like whoever whatever videos i'm finding now the guy has not video of the minute but like he has um a screenshot yeah like a series of screenshots that tell the story right so okay i was kind of hoping that the, this whole minute would again be the race just because i think it'd be funny but that also means it's like difficult for us to like do anything right because it's like yeah how much of the race like how much how much can the how long can the race actually be? Yeah, and we had this problem when we had the other race, mm-hmm. like the Danger to Manifold race. Like these are extended, and it's hard to find new shit. You know, in the movie, it doesn't feel this weird or this bad or this long or whatever. But um, no. Yeah. No. So the trivia question, and I don't know if this is a great trivia question, but it's what I was thinking, and I don't know what else it could be, but I'm happy to listen to anything else. How many complete rotations does Dom's car do after hitting the truck following the quarter mile race? And the answer is two. If we go with this, is rotations the right phrase? Is it the right thing to use? Or like, what do we call this? Or do you not like this Flips? I think that this is, I mean, this is all that we got. It's not much, right? Who's on which side of the track as they jump? in front of the train brian left dom right dom left brian right whatever inversion of that is and just have two answers yeah i thought about that i think last minute or something but whatever we went up with i, th- I like better but i'm happy with either because I, th- I had that, pre- that same thought previously do you have a preference between the two questions because i don't think we need both no they're both like fill-in questions but do you care one or the other no i have no preference between the two i think the easy one might be nice because we're getting near the end of the quiz okay that's my only thought when dom raises brian at the end of the movie who is lined up on the left when looking straight ahead when looking 
we could just say from the perspective of the driver's seat of either car. Yes, that's that's fair. I had something, no, I had something else that I forgot about this minute that I want to tell you about. In this minute, because I was like watching it over and over again, the exact second after they both clear the train, Brian and Dom gives each other such like a weird loving look. Oh yeah, like we, like we did it. Like we did it, but like Brian's like so excited that Dom is still alive. Like he's like, oh yes, like there you are my man like he like looks at him like so longingly and it's very very weird but you know just watching it over and over again is like i really started to notice this like i you know when it's happening so fast and then he hits the thing you don't think about it but like when you watch it and you're just coming up to that point i'm like oh that's so weird it's that look that causes the accident yeah like them checking in on each other and like the tension that they have between each other is what causes dom to not be paying attention yep any other thoughts about this minute this is a, a very emotional now minute i had no. same kind of thought but i was like it's like yeah I, yeah no but we always talk about like how like the romance is between those two and like this is like the first like actual showing of it like i mean like you know we get lots of like inklings and in other situations but like this is like they have this like tender looking at each other gazing at each other moment right before dom crashes yeah very true minute 98 so i think based on the thumbnails of the videos i think the credits start in minute 100 so i think we're gonna have at least one more full minute to talk about, I think, where he gives over the keys. And then I think we're going to have something, and then we're going to have to figure out if we're going to cover credits individually or all together and, like, track songs and stuff, or if we're going to skip them or what we're... I think, like, I think Completionist, we need to cover each in some way, but I also don't know what we're going to... Like, I don't know what there is to, to talk about in the credits, but we can figure that out in, in an episode or two, but uh, we're getting we're getting very, very close here to the end. Yeah. I don't know how we... Maybe the credits can just all be one minute. Like, yeah, probably in the document they should be separate, but I think... They all, they're all like discussed in uh, a single episode. Do you think that they should be separate minutes, really? Well, I think in the actual document, yes, but I don't think we should talk about them separately, if that makes sense. Because they're actually physically different minutes in the movie. Like we just not, we don't have to talk okay. about like for two and a half weeks. We don't have to talk about the credits. But I think like just yeah. if there's anything like the song that's playing or like any like if this is going to be a reference reference document for I don't know some kind of lunatic to like ever yeah. reference, uh, it would be good to separate them in the document. But like yeah, here it doesn't make I don't think it makes any sense to like okay I don't know like there's I'm with there's you a difference. No, there's also you. not really a difference. Like it's just a I don't know. I was thinking you just have like a credits part. I guess we'll have to see like what actual notes we take on the credits because I don't I I literally don't know what we're going to have like if there's gonna be anything maybe maybe there's a lot to talk about i don't know yeah it's gonna be like a lot of background research on like who the fuck you know costume designer three is yep yeah that's all i'm imagining all right joe let's take a break and let us talk about continue robert rodriguez week of machete with maybe possibly a special guest who knows Ooh, hint 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 Episode number 140, Machete. 
This episode is brought to you by Roberto Lovato's Unforgetting, a memoir of family migration gangs and revolutions in the Americas. Newsweek listed Lovato's memoir as a must-read 2020 book. Shout out Roberto Lovato. Shout out Roberto Lovato, and welcome back to the show and to Robert Rodriguez week and a half. This is Machete Week. We are talking about Machete today with our very own former Federale, we have the one, the only, the Mikester. Hello, Mike Manzi. Hello. Hello, Mikester, don't text. How's it going? <laughs> so it's do so you know the origin to that story? Um, no, I don't, actually. No, I don't. Robert Rodriguez wrote the screenplay to this, like, forever ago. Like, so, mm-hmm. so long ago. Like, back when he was writing Desperado. Right, so he in 1995 he came up with the idea. Probably when he met Trejo, took one look at him and was like, "Oh yeah, like this guy needs a movie." <laughs> like, wrote the script in '93 after he wrote Desperado. Told Danny Trejo about this. Right, Danny Trejo became obsessed with this movie and was like, "You need to make this movie. I need to be in it. Whatever, whatever." Robert Rodriguez is like, "Yeah, we'll, we'll get to it." But like, I got I got work to do. Right, and so Danny Trejo just kept calling and kept calling and kept calling, and just like <laughs> kept annoying Robert Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez is like, "Why don't you just?" text and he just says machete don't text and so that became like Danny Trejo real life thing that um became part of the movie that became kind of like not the catchphrase from the movie but like one of the most memorable lines yeah like one of his defining character traits it's crazy I never knew that story went quite that far uh, because Machete the character showed up in a Spy Kids movie or two right like it's so weird that uh, he's Uncle Machete I think right right like he kept chipping away and like that's great good for him this is the role he was born to play the origins of this and I think we talked about this very briefly uh, some episode recently but this started and we will watch the trailer later but this started as a fake trailer before Grindhouse uh, before yes. Robert Rodriguez made Planet Terror and Quentin Tarantino made Death Proof, there were four fake trailers in that movie. At one point, Eli Roth was supposed to make Thanksgiving, which I would fucking love to see, because yeah. goddamn, like, Still all those make movies. It. it would be I great know. if you find out that the killer pilgrim was Keanu. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I mean, because we also have Werewolf Women of the SS with mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage as Fu Manchu. Like, that would be great. Edgar Wright's Don't would be great. Like, all these movies would be fantastic. But this one, I guess because it was a real thing and because there was, you know, it's Robert Rodriguez who does things dirty and cheap and whatever, was able to do it. It became a real thing. And it's just, it's so good. It's so wonderful. It's oh, so weird. So good. And prescient. Oh, my God. Is this movie, like, more sort of... Uh relevant now than then and it was relevant then but i was shocked watching it now but if i could just take you back to when grindhouse was out in theaters and i'm sitting there and this trailer comes up and like this was the movie i wanted to watch next like don't get me wrong love my planet terror love my death proof but like i was so my whistle was so wet for i could not wait for this movie to come out so out of all the ones you listed about the trailers, I'm just so glad that this one got made. And they got a sequel to it, too, which I'm eager to rewatch as well. Yeah, so we got Machete Kills coming on Friday. There is the off-rumored, talked-about Machete Kills again, or I think eventually got retitled Machete Kills in Space. Yeah. Which, again, very Fast and Furious appropriate. But, yeah, I saw Grindhouse in theaters, and I love this. And I still, I think I told this on, maybe on the Death Proof episode, but after the first movie ends, this, like, group of four dudes, because the theater's not very full. After the first movie ends, after... Planet Terror ends, this guy in the front in the row ahead of me gets up and his, his friends are like, no, dude, there's another movie. But then in addition to another movie, there's the three tra- trailers in the middle and just, man, oh, man, it is just so wonderful. And the, and yeah. the old ads and stuff are so great. Oh, so like yeah. the drive-in cards and everything. So fun. Like this movie is restricted and there's like a cat clawing and meowing and whatever, <laughs> right? That's just great. You guys both love Grindhouse. As far as I know, everyone that 
saw it that I talked to Love Grindhouse, like, why didn't this take off and become a thing? Like, it just boggles my mind. Like, I understand Tarantino is Tarantino. Like, he's probably not going to come back and do more movies. But to, like you say, have Rob Zombie do his and and new people. Like, there was talk that uh, Jonah Hill was like, yeah, I want to do one. And it's going to be like an 80s boner comedy, like Meatballs or something. Like, there was, Mm. there was like momentum going and then suddenly it just felt like it all hit a brick wall this movie comes out a few years later and still like the ball just couldn't get rolling anymore there was that canadian movie hobo with a shotgun because i think mm. in other regions they made like the, they included the trailer hobo with a shotgun or maybe on like re-release or something like in some iterations of grindhouse the movie hobo with a shotgun existed and they made that actual movie but like it I haven't seen that in a while, but I remember it not being like, she's like, yeah, that that's what that just feels. Yeah. Like it's good. Like it's not, you know, it's not bad. It could have been worse, but it's like, it doesn't feel as special as, as Machete or as Grindhouse or whatever. Like it, it feels of a type, but not exactly. It seemed like there needed to be at least sort of a, a name attached to it, right? Like someone in some kind of genre success already. Okay. Like I, from what I understand, the Hobo with a Shotgun movie is the guy's first directorial thing right so like there's just no cachet to the name of it yet even though Rugger Hauer I believe was the hobo at least we got Machete so the very cool almost major fast action there's not a ton I mean there's like a bunch of stuff behind the scenes but there's not a lot I mean a lot of it's just about sort of the origin of the Machete character the biggest thing and I, I thought like I had to look her up because I was like I don't think this is her like I don't think I'm just being racist but it turned out that I was not entirely incorrect because the henchwoman, who is like Steven Seagal, who plays for the first time in his career, <laughs> yeah. a full-time villain, his henchwoman was like, she looks so familiar. And it's because the original casting for that role, or the original considering for that role, was Suki, was Devin Aoki. And no. she kind of looks like a so heavier much like Suki. Devin Aoki. Yeah. I thought the exact same thing, dude. And like, I did. the first scene, I was like, that, and I'm like, no, it's not her. And then like, she comes back, and I was like, wait, I, I, have, to, I have to check. Because like, if I come hmm. into this recording, and I'm like, yeah, let's just talk about the movie, you're like, yeah, but let's talk about Suki. But like, oh shit, that was like I had to check because I was like, it's not her, but like, is it her? It's not. And the fact that she was considered for her, I was like, yeah, that makes all the sense in the world because like, it looks like her. They just found another girl that looks a lot like her. Yes. Did exactly. the girl who plays Suki? Did she play Miho in Sin City? Because that's who I thought it. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, because that's who I got. Because it looked like it was supposed to even be the same character just like i know rodriguez likes to do that sometimes too not just with actors but like yeah because he he repurposes like yeah the characters but like you know the crazy babysitter twins who are in planet terror yeah. is in this you his know, doctor Jeff in this yeah like everybody <laughs> tom savini's back so like all these people that robert Rodriguez loves to use over and over again yeah. show up here and it's just it's so cool to see like i don't want to say planet terror is a prequel to this because they're entirely unrelated it's not like in planet terror there's like the radio thing which is like mm-hmm. pouring one out for jungle julia or fallen here or whatever right like you yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. it's it's connected it's in the same universe as death proof it's in the same world but they're not connected right so. yeah you know what it reminded me a lot of because like even cheech shows up here yeah just till dawn like it's the same crew like that's even probably the genesis of grindhouse right where they're like hey instead of us teaming up to make one grindhouse movie like let's each make our own and and release them together so like i got i got a lot of that vibe back here again with this movie and that was just a lot of fun to feel so now joe you had never seen this before so what did you think of machete i can't believe it took me so long to see it i loved everything about it i loved how funny it was i found myself like laughing at all kinds of different parts it was really lighthearted. I'm not usually like a gore person. I think it was done very tastefully here. Like it had a purpose. 
and it worked really well. And also, like, just, like, the lightheartedness throughout the movie, like, the tone of it is really fun. So I have no complaints at all. This was great. It's lighthearted, but it's also, it's it's very MAGA. No, it's like, it's Robert so De Niro is, yeah. is, is Trump, essentially, right? He's like a senator. Like, he's not... Oh. Oh yeah. Yeah, and this is this is all sort of built off of like the Bush administration too, right? So like Robert Rodriguez yep. was able to see ahead, project the future a little bit further because this sort of feels like a dystopian world, but it's yet the one that we've sort of caught up to. It's the kind of thing where you could be like, "Oh my god, how do you predict it?" It's also like, "Okay, so it's a Mexican director." living mm-hmm. in a border state and like right. having yep. to deal with this like the racism and just the xenophobia and everything of just like growing up in texas and he like became successful but like mm-hmm. if you're That's not part a of it too. white dude of color if you're yeah. not us like it's it, this country is terrible right like it just it's something that it's like oh my god how did he get that right but it's like well how mm-hmm. how could you not almost right yeah how did you not how did we not see it right yeah. like more so yeah and then i also look at like the cast of this movie right and it's the latino cast and like from head to toe, right? And that's and they're all like the women and our, our girls are getting it done. Like the women are the roles in power. Like they're police officers, they're revolutionaries, and I think that's great. Like it's not dependent on sort of like conventional social tropes. Like you know, like be, I think because it is through his lens and his worldview, uh, I'm being hip to things that uh, you know me as like this you know privileged white guy is just not right. Or at least I have to read about or see it on the news and catch up to it because it's not firsthand experience for me. So mm-hmm. I rely on guys like him to sort of show me that stuff. And speaking of those female revolutionaries, we have here Michelle Rodriguez as Luz, who has a taco truck, but she is also, more importantly, she, which is modeled after she. Che with the art and everything <laughs> like that, but uh, she is a revolutionary. She has her the network, which is her way of getting uh, immigrants across the border and getting them papers and getting them set up and like not only getting here but like establishing a life here. I couldn't remember, like I said last episode, Joe. Like I don't remember how much she's in the movie, but like you know, it's it, she's not Machete, but she's second or third lot. most. Like it's it's Jessica Alba and then maybe her, right? Like she's mm-hmm. in the movie yep. a ton and she's very important. I was very surprised. But by how much she was in it, I thought she was going to have like a quick cameo kind of, you know, like we just watched Alita. So I was expecting like, you know, something like that. But no, she's like a character that comes back and has multiple scenes and conversations and everything. She's so, actually yeah. in Alita. She just didn't do the voice. I thought they used the same girl for every model of the android. And that was just a voiceover. But they actually CG'd Michelle Rodriguez and Alita Battle Angel for that oh, one yeah, shot. Oh, yeah. You see the picture of this? Like, scroll up in Discord. That's her and Rosa Salazar because she is oh, her, that's her mentor. Or, you know, on the moon, like that's Michelle Rodriguez, and so yeah, yeah. it uh, okay, it's very cool. Yeah, I love the Michelle Rodriguez in this. It just seems like in the movie she's in, she always has to be such a badass all the time and there's nothing wrong with that but it's it, you get kind of like a softer side of her in this and like you know from looks from looks to attitude and I'm not and I think that's important and I think that's good that she's showing some range here like she's funny she's light you know she's cute but then she turns on a dime and she becomes like vicious and you know almost like uh, like this pirate or something like it's really great how she can um, she's got range and it's showing and you just wouldn't expect it in a movie quite like this I guess but but this is tonally like so well balanced, like between the message, the social messages going on, and uh, the way like the tone of the sort of bombastic, canon film esque madness going mm-hmm. on. You can't really take any of that kind of stuff seriously. So it's very interesting how it all works out. I think that as we've watched more of her movies, though, she does have range. They just don't give it to her in a lot of movies. And I think that this character is is a little bit broader, but 
not as broad as we've even seen her, like when she plays, what was the one with the high school teacher? Milton's Secret, yes. I get your perspective on it, but I'm saying we've seen like a much, much softer side of her That's this good. lap. That's good, because I mean, yeah. I, I have this issue with male actors as well. It's not just, you know, Michelle Rodriguez. Typecasting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 precisely. And I think it's something that we have noticed. What we're doing here, Joe, is kind of like a mini podcast that you and I have done, or me and Mike have done, where it's like you're seeing, like we're not doing every Michelle Rodriguez movie, but we're doing like 80% of it. Like we're doing so many of them. Mm-hmm. We're doing the kind of a condensed timeline in a weird way and not exactly the same type of thing, but we're seeing her evolution in the same way that we don't want to see just Nicolas Cage play the crazy one or like, you know, yep. Keanu Reeves play like the stoner or whatever he was typecast as for a while, right? Like it's yes, it's cool mm-hmm. to see her not only be who she is by the end of the movie where she gets killed, like shot in the eye and left for dead and then comes back as full-blown she. That's, you know, the Letty that we know. But also, more importantly, she is like not only the badass, but like a kind person who cares about her community and like a small yep. business owner and just like it's like <laughs> yeah. she contains multitudes. Maybe this is because like I've been digging through my old comics a lot more during the lockdown and stuff, but this movie plays like I'm reading a comic in a lot of ways in that she's got like uh, like a secret identity as like this taco truck selling tacos out of the truck, but then like, you know, by night she's she, where she like puts on the eye patch and like pulls yep. out the gu- and like it looks like that, like this movie looks speaking of Sin City, parts of it look like Frank Miller drew it, like you get a close-up so much. you get a close-up of like Danny Trejo with his blood-soaked one foot machete in his hand and like it looks like something that that Frank Miller drew with all those lines and everything like that it's it's kind of shocking I don't know how he established that look maybe it's part of like the aging and everything that it all just sort of like gives an overall grimy feel to those moments more than it would if it was just like pristine yeah this movie plays a lot like Sin City to me too I feel you with the comic book thing I didn't like make that leap it has a lot of Sin City vibes to it for sure let's talk about Steven Seagal for a second because like I forgot he was in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Brian and I just talked about, we just watched the movie Detention, the Joseph Kahn movie. And at the end of that movie, it's not them, but there is kind of like a Patrick Swayze versus Steven Seagal fight. And I'm not going to explain how, but it's just, it's kind of amazing and wonderful. I forgot that Seagal was in this movie. I love Seagal. He would not fit in the Fastiverse, but I would also love to see him and Kurt Russell share a scene in the franchise. Because like, <laughs> Why would he not fit in the Fastiverse? Because he's, he's literally too big of a person, I think, at this point. To, to fit anywhere. <laughs> he is a, no, he is I a want him to be boy. like, that's exactly what I was thinking, like a Mr. Nobody, but he's like the samurai Mr. Nobody, right? Like, that's it. Like he, So he plays Steven Seagal in a suit, essentially, <laughs> is what I want him to play. Because he is, he's so, he's so good and so weird in this. It's crazy. He's supposed to be playing a, a Mexican as well, right? Like, that's part of the gag is that you know for years for years guys like chuck like chuck heston one of his most famous roles is uh in anyway he plays like one of his famous roles is he's he plays a mexican in that orson welles movie that that i shamefully can't remember the name of i'm turning in my movie card as we speak but (laughs) but like i thought that was part of the joke like let's get a white guy and and turn it around and have him you know we'll do it as a gag and maybe seagal wasn't i got it as a joke like they were sort of more making fun of seagal and seagal wasn't really too privy and like it came across more meta to me where it's like he's kind of like foolish i love him don't get me wrong i grew up on his movies but like they're taking they're taking the piss out of him right like they're cutting a promo in this movie on him even to the point where like he has to kill himself because he can't be killed by someone else like that's <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i think that's maybe it or maybe it's like okay you're i'm gonna play the bad guy 
this I think this is the first time he ever loses a fight, but like he doesn't really lose the fight because he's like, I could walk away. This is nothing. I'm just gonna, but I'm going to for like you know for honor's sake commit seppuku, commit harikari, right? Like it's just like yes. I think it, I think he's in on it to a certain extent where it's like I'm willing to do this and I'm willing to lose and be the villain and know that I have to because this is the place in movies or whatever. But at the same time, like. Can you can I at least go out on my terms? It's one or the other, and I'm not sure. But either way, it just it's it's so it's so weird and so good. It, it, it's so weird because I've I've only known him to be take himself too seriously. Like in everything he's ever done, a lot of his early movies are great, and I think it's because you know he had a lot of control. And back then, when he was a younger guy, like he was just really more in shape and I don't know he just yeah. could command the screen a lot better but like by the time you get to that train movie where it's like what is going on and then Under Siege and Under Siege 2 yeah that second one the one on the train yeah with Catherine Heigl that's right oh my gosh it's all a flooding baby back. Catherine Heigl yeah man this thing is so star studded it's like let's get all the uh, let's get as many obscure people to fill all the roles as possible and that was a great one. Because that's what I also love about this. Like, it is star-studded, but this is also Danny Trejo's first leading role. So it's like, yeah, we're going to have all these stars, but, like, our our lead is going to be this guy that, like, is just, oh, that guy. Like, the scary-looking Mexican guy, right? Like, that's yeah. what people know Danny Trejo as. As, like, oh, that guy on the set of Con Air that, like, is afraid of John Cusack. Which, by the way, uh, John <laughs> Cusack talked about in his episode with Mark Maron about, like, why that's oh. the case. Oh, I got to gotta check that out for sure. Yeah, now. so it's, it's pretty cool. He can carry it. Like, he is so good, and I think... yes. He can't be maybe a romantic lead, but like in a movie like no. this that's written to him, like absolutely, let him do the thing. Yeah, he is the strong, like he's the epitome. He's like Charles Bronson, you know. Like I mentioned, Canon Films earlier, like this guy is like the strong, silent type. I mean, there's really nothing more going on with Chuck Norris than there is with Danny Trejo, in my eyes, to be honest True. with you. You know, like they're kind of on the yep. same level. It was really smart to sort of surround him with all of these other established actors. Like I call them stars, but like they're stars. Like we do have De Niro and stuff. But Jeff Fahey isn't really like a you know an A list. He's great. He's uh he's lawnmower man, right? Like uh, yeah. he, you know we got we got a lot of like established people. Lindsay Lohan, I mean she's a star, but yes. like not quite like the you wouldn't necessarily. Movie star. I mean, yeah, but is she like no? What I kind think of that's ca- what's the caliber? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the other side is what I guess I was trying to get to. There's it's more stunt casting, I think, and that's really smart because. Uh, they all bounce off Trejo, like, really well. Like, I think, you know, he can walk through this movie and they part for him. Because this movie is also, like, and introducing Don Johnson. It's like, dude, was a star in Miami Vice. Like, who are you introducing him to? Like, what? Like, but it's like that kind of humor where it's like, yeah, like, you might you might not know this guy, Don Johnson. He's in, like, he's not even, like, the main bad guy or, like, he's just, he's just around. Like, he's not yeah. even, like, important, really. He did a day and a half, maybe three, day, maybe two days, right? <laughs> to do all yeah. a day and a yeah. night. That kind of gets to one, my one sort of gripe, and it doesn't ruin any of this stuff for me by any means. But I had the same problem with Grindhouse, Planet Terror, and, and Death Proof. Is like I just kind of wish these were more period pieces. This one, mm. this one, I'm not as much anymore because of like modern times right like it just really syncs up like too well you said joey just super prescient but i remember that being like a problem with me the first time around being like he shouldn't be texting because he shouldn't even have a cell phone because they shouldn't exist because this movie or the 80s and i i thought that's what they were going to be going for originally with with grindhouse doesn't by any means ruin it i just thought i'd get my one sort of like complaint out of the way that i've eventually gotten over i don't know if you guys had that sort of feeling if it took you out of the movie at all especially you joe too i kind of i kind no i kind of like these um these movies that use a lot of the like 80s aesthetic but also exist in modern times i think it's like a fun interesting play on it like i like the 
the diversion, like the juxtaposition that I get while I'm watching it, him to be like, it feel like it's an 80s movie, they're driving old cars, and then he's like, I don't text. So then you're like, okay, that's really funny. Like, it's a joke. It, it has to play comedically. If it was like more serious, I think I would take it. I would be more offended by it. Like, I would, I would, it would take me out of the movie more. I think I also don't mind it because it probably saves money. Because if, like, you had to make a strict period piece, you'd have to be yeah. like, oh, we can't have that car, we can't have this, we can't have that. But, like, this essentially lets you do, in a Everything. way, similar kind of to It Follows, where it's like, when does this take right. place? Like, it doesn't really matter, but it's, like, it's, like, weirdly vague and nebulous and, like, it kind of is the 80s, but not really because she's got that, like, e-reader, but it's not like an e-reader that exists in real life. And it's like, I, what? What is? What? Yeah. And it's also interesting, too, because I can't really think of any other movie that does something quite like this. Like, I'm thinking of, like, The Artist, which is a modern silent film, but it's still, it's a period piece. Yeah. Like, that's the point of, like, that's part of it. But, like... I'm trying to think of a movie like this where it's like maybe even part of the joke or part of the fun is that they're riffing on the actual craft, like the type of filmmaking, like, you know, the abilities behind the camera. So it's like, you know, what if Robert Rodriguez just didn't have enough money to finish his movie and had to scrape it together at the last second? Like that could mm-hmm. that could even be, you know, the case from what I understand is like a lot of the footage from the trailer is actually in the most of that footage is in this movie and he just built the rest of the movie around it yeah. and shot like what he needed well because that trailer is the movie right the trailer tells the entire movie story yeah it does <laughs> i think the only thing that they reshot was probably the the making out with my where's my wife and daughter because it's different actresses right like it's not the whatever it's yeah. Lindsay lohan now but like everything else is like verbatim and literally from the trailer in the movie which is which i think if you're waiting for that it's kind of like there's a sense of on letterboxd at least of people like let's ironically enjoy this movie or whatever and like people kind of disappointed but it's like well you know I don't, I don't know what you're i don't know what you're expecting yeah i don't know to like call myself out i guess it's like then just go watch a movie from the 70s that is doing this and taking itself seriously that was poorly made right like go watch a canon film <laughs> because yeah you'll get you could, you'll yeah. get that which you're not getting you know fulfilled with here i guess as i was watching this movie i had a thought when i was a small child and i was told i wasn't allowed to watch a movie for whatever reason i imagined every movie that i wasn't allowed to watch was this and to get that on film is so incredible to me this is like what a six-year-old imagines or like what a 10-year-old <laughs> imagines an r-rated movie is what just like nudity and guns and explosions and swears and like blood everywhere and just like everything yes. that your mom doesn't want you to say yes yeah. like, I, like this is what i thought like if my dad was like i'm gonna watch this movie and he'd be like oh no you can't like no bud like you're a little too young for this i was like oh fuck and like in my imagination it would have been machete like that's that's what this movie was they're not you know it's like there's a <laughs> bunch of different reasons why a movie's not appropriate for children my like wildest dreams were like i'm missing a ton of movies that look like this i definitely hear that like the idea of sort of maybe building it up or something because i i I look back and i was like yeah when i was too young to watch rambo 2 in my youngster eyes like it was machete like it was brutally violent but it's not it's like pretty tame you know like in comparison like nowadays it's almost ridiculous one could say like how how crazy that movie is and and 
they even did end up making a cartoon based off of Rambo. And I hear you though, Jotu, like this, this is supposed to have, like, that's the whole concept here is like, it's a little bit of everything you're never, you're not allowed to have. Right. So you have your, exactly. your guns, your violence, um, you have your, your nudity, boobs, yeah, your drugs, boobs, right. Drugs. <laughs> exactly. Just like all of it. Speaking of nudity, Jessica Alba, who I think this has been the case in more than one movie, uh, had a no nudity clause in her contract. So like, I guess when she's in the shower and whatever else, that's all digitally removed, which somehow feels like ickier. Obviously, I guess she was okay <laughs> with that, but like, I don't know. It's just, it's just a weird thing, man. It's just, it's strange. I think the no nudity clause should be like, I'm not allowed to be in shower scenes and things yeah. like that. Were you guys going to miss that shot? Like, did it establish her character any further? <laughs> like, it's just so there's actually, there's obligatory. a deleted scene where she plays her sister and her oh, sister I that I think right. she maybe jokes about and I watched that I didn't watch all the deleted scenes but like because I looked at her name because like everybody in this movie has like a cool like there's Luz and there's Machete and there's like yeah. Henchman or whatever we got Stasiak in this movie has a Henchman right like as the sniper I was like what is because I don't know I just kept writing down Jessica Alba and like I don't even remember her name but I was like it's just some generic kind of like oh okay that's just the name and then there's another character I was like what and so there's a deleted scene where she plays her sister but I think the strip club owner from Planet Terror, who is like Cherry Darling's boss, oh, who like you know yeah. spend, winds up with the crazy babysitter twins. I think he's lying on a bed and she's like sitting on top of him, and like she's not like naked, she's just like fully clothed or whatever. But like the way that it was described, I was like, is this gonna be some kind of like scandalous scene? And like, no, they're just in bed together, but not really. Like it's just a very tame for a movie that is you know, Lindsay Lohan and somebody else topless or covered topless or whatever, yeah. right? Like just Alba in a shower, cool. But like if she doesn't want to do it just you know hollywood especially considering like this is probably also a weinstein movie like it's all that kind of whatever right like it's all yeah can you imagine if like you're the director and she like look but i'm not gonna be nude in it so he like writes in like all of these jokes like when she was in bed and she's like oh i have my pants on thanks you know like you write all these in to be like yeah sorry we can't see you in underwear like this is like he's like writing a joke to himself whenever i'm like taking notes on something i write jokes to myself in my notes all the time we see that in that scene so like now that I know that she had like a no nudity clause and she's like Danny Trejo like come lay with me and then she wakes up like oh do I still have my clothes on and he's like yeah that's just because you don't have your clothes on like I just put it in there because I remember seeing this a while ago because I think when I was younger I was like oh my god like nudity like let me see this came out a decade ago so it's not like I was really young but you know what I mean but like I remember seeing this side-by-side comparison of like what she actually wore and then what was removed and it's like now there is literally AI technology that is disrobing like so it's so fucking creepy like there's a thing yep. that, like, they took down last year where it's just like, hey, like, send us a picture of whoever and we'll send you what they look like naked. But now, like, they rebuilt it and there's this site where it's just, like, and there's, like, a lot of underage porn. Like, it's just, it's all gross Ugh. across the board. Like, illegal and icky and immoral and awful. But that's this. But, like, this is, like, you know, <laughs> in a theatrical movie, A-list actor. It's just, like, I don't know. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, it's sort of taking the concept too far. Like, it, it, I understand it's Grindhouse and it's supposed to be titillating and provocative and all this. But that's not... We, we got enough of that without this one shot, you know? Do we really exactly, need yeah. this shot? Like, that's what it comes down to. And yeah, the answer is no. And it's really just all kinds of weird. The, the digital touch-ups and all that kind of stuff is very uh, skeevy now that you all, we are talking about it. I remember that, like, coming out and being like, oh, yeah, that, like, she's not, like, you can't see anything, really. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, maybe that's part of, maybe that's what the clause is. Like, it's just not full frontal or something. Because I was, I got to be honest, like, I was pretty shocked that Lindsay 
Lohan was naked in this movie. Like, I thought her whole thing was that, like... like very naked. Yeah, well, like, so she's, she's mostly covered, though, but there's also that movie, The Canyons, oh, that was right. written and directed by... Schaefer. Paul Schrader. Directed by Paul Schrader, but Brett Easton Ellis wrote it. Yeah, and uh, James Dean, the porn star's in it, yes. right? Yeah. But, like, she's, like, real naked in that. Like, it's, like, uh, you know, this is, like, she's topless, and, like, I think you maybe see, like, a nipple or something, but she's, like, mostly, like, her yeah. hair is covering in it, right? Like, it's, yep. yeah. it's like, again, sort of implied nudity, but she is, like, she's been, like, within a couple years of this, like, consciously breaking out. Like, Jessica Alba has been an A-list movie star for decades right and it's like or you know by this point a decade mm-hmm. she's been known right it just feels weird like she's been sue storm oh my gosh that's right go check out fantastic force at html where me nico kevo and <laughs> jess montez are talking about those movies so it's just it's just a weird thing like i you know yeah. i get that in these movies you want to have that but like you can have the the weird scene in the beginning where there's like the girl that Danny Trejo that Machete is saving, right? Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. That and gets it out like, of the way. It's yeah. Too hot for clothes, and then she pulls a uh, pulls a phone out of her <laughs> vagina. Like, if you want to <laughs> yes. have boobs in your movie, like you can do that pretty easily without having like Jessica Alba. Like, you can have like yep. It's yep. it's weird, but like you can have any number of actresses who are like you could have just had the shot of her in her underwear, and it would have had the same impact or made the same point, right? Yeah. Like, just have yeah. the unaltered yeah. shot. Like, it's not like she's in the shower. She's like in her bathroom looking in a mirror or something like i don't know whatever joe what did you see fast connections wise there's a very big one at the end with machete chop shop but uh oh boy, what did you yeah. see fast connections yes in this movie? i want to talk about something that's not a fast connection first okay it was probably my favorite tidbit in the movie michelle rodriguez she has a taco truck right mm-hmm. we see machete when he's in that like fight at the beginning where like you know it's five hundred dollars the last two minutes he's like eating a burrito and just like dodging punches very steven seagal-esque Yes. Very Street right. Fighter. I want to play as him in Street Fighter 2. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yes. Very Street Fighter. Then we cut to Lindsay Lohan and her family eating tacos, and they're the whitest people tacos I've ever seen. And they're also pre-assembled. Like, the mom made, <laughs> yes, or whoever made the food. They're using only flour tortillas that are, like, too big, and there's, like, just eggs in them, or, like, maybe just cheese. And I really liked... The whole point of the movie, right, is that they're, like, anti-immigration. And then he shows white people eating tacos, and they're just, like, the most unappetizing tacos ever. And, like, that that small joke was just, like, so good to me. Like, I really, really enjoyed that one. And also the conversation they're having is about how she's essentially, before there's OnlyFans, like, starting an OnlyFans, right? Yeah. Like it's, yes. Yeah, she's, like, going to be an influencer or something. A naked influencer. Yeah. A naked influencer. That's what she wants to be. This yeah. is what my viewers want to see. Me and my mom naked in a pool together. Right. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Ma'am, she was ahead of the incest porn curve by... A decade. <laughs> it's out there. I mean, look. I mean, I don't need it. I don't need it. I'm just saying. It's not my bag. I'm just. <laughs> just, I'm just dude, that's why I'm laughing, man. No worries. No judges at all. None of it's real, anyway. <laughs> it just, it just hit really hard at the right moment. Well, I for know me, you so guys. You. I know this is the place where I can myself can say, I can say what i want and be free <laughs> i have no comment imaginary moving on at all <laughs> <Dot org. Okay. laughs> that's the one scene in the trailer that you're like how does this happen and you're like wait that's how it happened like it's just it's wild it's like oh there's a couple things that feel like incredibly forced but that's part of the fun i felt it was like how is he going to connect these dots he's got like half of, a little more than half of a puzzle already he's got to like make the other pieces and make it all fit together i thought that was kind of charming like he just adds the robert de niro character you're like that guy's not in the trailer at all there's no mention well, maybe there's a mention i want you to like like assassinate the senator or something but i don't think we really see now that you guys brought up the senator 
actor. His name is what? Michael McLaughlin, right? Robert De Niro plays Senator John McLaughlin. At one point, they call him Senator McLaughlin, and they say Senator really fast, and it sounds like Sarah McLaughlin. Oh, okay. (laughs) And I was like, that's really interesting, but it was only interesting because his right-hand man is named Michael Booth, which sounds a lot like Michael Bluth. And I thought, I was like, is he adding these names on purpose as, like, references to other things as jokes? I mean, maybe they're notes in the margin. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe they're just things that are on your, like, if they were in on TV at the time or in the public conscious very heavily, like, he might have tried to slip some stuff in. I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, man, this is, like, next level meta if he's, like, starting to put in, like, these kind of, like, weird name things that, like, like Michael Booth, like, come on, Arrested Development had to be out. Right, that ran, like, 03 to 05 or 06 six-ish so like it had been over for a couple years but like people know michael bluth by now yeah yeah i think he was making a couple of jokes on their names like this it's, it's weird that there's some but there's not others tom savini's name is osiris amanpour like what, what the <laughs> fuck <laughs> i loved how um machete and cheech were brothers that's great yeah. <laughs> i mean padre I got a couple of those, but one I forgot. We'd, we've been talking to Jessica Alba. She works for ICE. I didn't even hear yeah. of ICE until like two or three years ago. And yet, like, I had heard of ICE because mm-hmm. I've seen this movie. But like, <laughs> wow, what a different context that rings. In terms of that and not exactly real life, but just more Fast and Furious. Well, first of all, Jessica Alba back from uh, Into the Blue, the movie she did with Paul Walker. We talked about that a long oh, nice. time ago. Oh, nice. Paul Walker Do you think, right, yeah. I wonder if her and Michelle Rodriguez had any Paul Walker stories. Maybe. Ooh, but speaking of Paul Walker, that at the end when Machete and Rogelio Torres, when Trejo and Steven Seagal are fighting, they're talking about how they both used to be cops and then, you know, one became bad and one became good, right? So, like, it's it's a very Brian O'Connor cop-turned-something-not-cop, right? So (laughs) Cop-turned-not-cop anymore, exactly. I got a heavy Fast and Furious vibe at the end of the movie when all the lowriders had the rocket launchers and machine guns. Yes. So epic. It felt so much like two, like when they all pull out of the thing. Like it wasn't as grandiose, but it felt like all of the cars like on a stampede like that. It had a bit of a Twisted Metal feel, if you know that game. Um, Ooh, it, I love it almost Twisted looked like Metal. a stage from Twisted Metal too, where they're fighting in, in at the end. I miss Twisted Metal, man. I think they just made a new one, by the way. But yeah, that ending from Machete's Chop Shop with all the lowriders and the oh. choppers and everything. Yes. It's just like it's such an embrace and such a loving. That's Mexican culture, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's in a way that we've been talking in this lap about what is and what isn't, right, Joe? Like this is yes. a celebration of that, and it's, it's so good. And using a culture at to see a culture versus using it as a backdrop yep i think that you definitely see like cultural nuance here well i was gonna say i think there's even things in the throughout the movie things i even still don't understand that i feel are like deeply rooted in just rodriguez's family in general like yeah. like the like the whole thing with the cracking of the egg under the bed like that can only what is that I yeah no that idea. can only be like a gener like a family thing almost co- kind of like you know a good, very good luck thing right yeah yes so i like, took that's it as like a healing thing that she was doing it so like it is it's a heal. cultural yeah. thing I, that i've never heard. i mean like you know obviously i know all the goofy italian ones but i've never heard of the egg under the bed and that's something that just didn't exist to me right because it's not something part of my experience and I also love about that scene is that you know michelle rodriguez is like being caring and loving and bringing him into her home and putting him in her bed and just like whatever and then he reaches for her and she just says don't start when you can't finish then they have sex like it's just like you know you can't no one is immune 
to the sex appeal that is machete. So, and it's all like uh, quadruple spaced, right? We just yes. fade. That's what, yes, <laughs> exactly. And that's that's what I'm saying. Like this is why this is what I imagined a bad movie was as a kid, uh, like a dirty movie, because it was like you just quadruple space that, but there's also boobs in it. The priorities are so scattered, like <laughs> so. It's I don't think this really has to do with much except for Danny Trejo. This might be taking like a sharp turn, but um, I'm watching this movie. In my perfect world, if I could snap my fingers like Thanos and remake reality, Danny Trejo would be the perfect Wolverine. <laughs> like, he, oh. he is Wolverine oh. in this movie. Just, oh. oh my God. Like, like looks like him, like acts like him. It's just no bullshit, tough as nails, motherfucker. That's awesome. I would love that. That'd be yeah. very cool. I, think, I mean, like, he's like a little older now. Right. I mean, like, just... Yeah, he couldn't... Do it now, perhaps, but like, yeah, one day he could have maybe, or he could be like older Wolverine in like a a movie at some point. But yeah, blew my mind. Yep. Yeah, I blew my own mind thinking I was like, damn, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) I was like. I don't know where that is. Again, reading all these comics had me going. There is another sort of Fast and Furious type detail that I, I poured over and I tried to find anything interesting, but they show his record at one point. They wrote, they look him up, right? And his birth name is Machete. <laughs> so his mother <laughs> named him Machete, but his last name is Cortez, which so we've been watching oh. Andalusia Cortez. And I think we did that recently, Joe, where we're like, oh, she got the same last name in this movie and that movie, but it's just like, yeah, they're just like common Hispanic last names, Hispanic right? Like names. it's just, you yes. know, don't read too far into, like it's not a, it's not a coincidence, it's not like a connection it's just like a no that's a name that people have right so but the biggest fast connection in this whole movie we get a full letty michelle rodriguez character gets shot in the head but we don't see a body and she comes back stronger and better than ever at the end does this look like a little bit of letty left eye lopez here <laughs> oh my god how proud were you when you came up with that joke i've been holding that for so <laughs> I, figured episode. I will say this though this movie manages this movie manages to do in about 20 minutes what fast and the furious takes like four movies to do which yeah. is <laughs> which is exit a character and reintroduce them very true yeah this is essentially 20 minutes into fast and furious 4 to the end of 7 Right? Seven. The yeah. end of seven. Yep. So this is exactly. this is like three and a half movies in the span of twenty minutes. Like it's yeah. Like what's weird about this is that, you know, I looked and I'm like, there's no way this movie's over ninety minutes. It's an hour forty five, but like it doesn't really feel that. Like it maybe could be shorter, but it's also not wildly long. There's kind of a lot of story like there's more story here than there needs to be. Right. Yes. Totally. When we started this, Rachel Rachel was asking, like, is this going to be like Alita, where there's like a bunch of different storylines running at the same time, and we don't really get a tie, right? Like, we don't like bow it up at the end. And it's absolutely not. I mean, the trailer tells a story. This basically tells the trailer. It fleshes the trailer out, essentially, right? So Yeah, it's weird, because I almost feel like he ended up, even if it wasn't the intention like i guess what kind of ended up happening with all the stunt casting is like well now that we have de niro we can't just like waste him you gotta use yep. you gotta use him for something you know he's got to be a, yep. you know, we need to do something here so like it almost it doesn't it doesn't ever sort of like break its own back by any means like that but it's definitely starts having to do some heavy lifting at some point i don't think it was expecting to and i'm think i'm talking about this movie like it's sentient of in and of itself like it's the movie's alive but you know what i'm saying like that's i think that extra 10 minutes or so is just like oh shit like we have to do this we have to do that and we have to do this okay now we can get back to just like finishing wrapping up the story one of my favorite parts that we missed something that i had to rewind to make sure rachel had seen because she was like she like walked away for a second they go to michelle rodriguez's house 
First of all, there's a corkscrew that has like a bike chain. A how? I don't know, but it exists. And I was like, oh, that's a little Fast and the Furious-y, right? Because it's like, you know, kind of motory. He throws the oil thermometer into the guy's neck, okay? Yep. And then like we go through, they throw the bomb in, and then the body flies out onto Jessica Alba's car, and the oil thermometer goes off. It says like extra crispy at the end. And I was like, that was just so beautiful. Like the whole yes. setup of bringing me to that moment the epitome of filmmaking to me like this is storytelling to the t like you just brought me like even in this two minutes to just get me to that it was like oh so worth it i feel like that's robert rodriguez like that's his strengths and stuff like i think he comes if i'm not mistaken i read his uh, autobiography years and years ago but like he was a cartoonist growing up and like he had a strip mm. in the local newspaper right so he's used to sort of telling a story in very small amount of of space, you know, you get like four to eight frames to tell a weekly, a daily or weekly strip. I noticed that a lot through, throughout his films. Like, that's why Desperado is like one of the greatest action movies ever is because of his ability to sort of plan storyboard and foresee like all of the moves and stuff. It, it's very, um, it's something you get a lot in cartoons, but I mean, it's just good writing. And there's two other moments in this movie with like really great gimmicks that sort of play the same way. My absolute favorite moment of the movie. Which I wonder if this is what I've been trying to say like because there's one note in particular I wonder if it's the same thing but go ahead <laughs> is when he's in the hospital yes mm -hmm. <laughs> and you know the doctor he overhears him say how long the human intestines mm -hmm. are so he ends up slicing a guy vivisecting yep. him grabbing the intestines jumping out mm -hmm. the window and using it as a rope and it's like, that's the greatest. They talk about, Perfect. there's the crazy babysitter twins who are nurses here. I call them that because that's what they're credited as. Like In the credits, they're credited as that in Planet Terror, like introducing the crazy babysitter. I don't know what their names. I think they're Robert Rodriguez's nieces, I think. Mm -hmm. Like, I think they're family members. Ooh. They are just these, like, lunatics, like these cute girls who, like, love, like, playing with, like, machine guns in his movies. Like, they're just, like, insane in Planet Terror, and they're just, like, badasses here. So I love them. They're great. They're talking. They're, like, learning from the doctor who's hitting on them, and it's all weird and creepy. And then he says, you know, the human intestine has 60 feet, it's 60 feet long. It's 10 times the length of the human body. And they double up. They're like, oh, are you saying that it's 60 feet long? He's like, that's what I mean. And then I'm like, I wonder how long it's going to be before it comes back. I'm like, it's 90 seconds. Like, it's almost immediately. <laughs> We're just like, oh, yeah, no, that's exactly, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, I love that concise delivery that they like set you up and just take you just enough away from it that you forget and then bring it right back those are my favorite comedians too like rodney dangerfield like someone who's just set up punchline set up punchline and i feel like I'm, yep. you know as much as i love atomic blonde and it does she does the same gag she doesn't use hose yeah with a hose, yeah, with a hose. yeah she doesn't use an intestine and as much as i love those movies like they're kind of a marathon right they're kind of they could get exhausting to watch that much fighting in that long and it just keeps going and you kind of you feel exhausted like you're in the totally fight. agree and it's just yeah. great how he can just get in and out of these moments so quick and keep it loose and fun and stuff um, the other gimmick that really stood out for me is when he first gets taken in the car and he machetes the guy through the back seat <laughs> and and he uses him to to turn the car left and yeah. right and stuff like that <laughs> that too like it's the same stuff man it's so great we talk a lot about how in the fast and furious everybody's a hacker and machete is a hacker now too because they're trying to hack Jeff Fahey's computer, and he's like, you know, yes. I love my daughter, and so they type in April, and then his password winds up being I heart emoji April, and then when they type that in, instead of saying, like, access grant, it just says, bingo! It's like, well, that's 
very clearly not what it actually is, but like it's just it's so wonderful and so good, and I man, it's just so dumb and fun. I love it. What year was uh, Inglorious Bastards? Because because that's the other movie oh, with the, big... that's the year before this. So that had the bingo in it as well. Yes, at the end, and that it, mm. and they're friends. So like maybe they said bingo a lot on set when they had like a good idea to each other, like Rodriguez and Tarantino. You know, I could see that being like a a thing. Is that a bingo? Yeah, I'm go with that. And then so like. I don't know, worked its way into their movies. When they're doing a lot of cocaine together. (laughs) Bingo! That's what we're talking about. I think the only other thing that I want to say, because we know that Machete will return in Machete Kills and Machete Kills again, but at the end of this movie, and I don't remember her role in the second movie at all, I don't remember what the second movie's about at all, we have, Mm. when she returns, Michelle Rodriguez lose in her true she form. Like, her look is... I don't want to say iconic because I feel like that word is it belongs to someone else on this network but it is just such <laughs> a badass cool looking role and like it kind of sums her up in a way just amazingly so like all of her yeah. characters kind of like reminded me a lot of the of the confidence music video right? Yeah. I think and I'm not I have nothing to corroborate this with except for my own eyes but I think she at the end there is modeled after Snake Plissken. Um, okay, from, that would make from sense. Escape from New York. She, everything but the tattoo on her chest, which she doesn't have a big giant snake tattoo. They Danny Trejo's got the big tattoo in this movie. A woman wearing a sombrero, I think, is listed in his file as her as his big chest tattoo. Yeah, because in those movies, like you know, Kurt Russell just he's got the eye patch, and then he's just wearing black with like tactical sort of like gun straps. And so, I yep. don't know, I don't know. It just got a very similar vibe. And Kurt Russell, of course, another fast connection. Mike, any other notes? Any other thoughts about this movie before we play a game? or two we didn't really go deep into it too much so i just want to reiterate just like how scary this holds up like it it almost it just <laughs> yeah. it, it plays better now than it did then and it played like back then i was kind of laughing at it like <laughs> like it it's bad but it's not this bad and now it's like oh my god we're here yeah that's one thing I really love about movies and rewatching movies is, you know, it can be a completely different watch uh, depending on who and where you are at that time. So, uh, yeah, I think it, I think it's uh, even stronger film now than it's ever been. Rachel's 100% with you. We were watching it and she's just like, when was this made? <laughs> like, it feels like it was made within like the last six months, right? Like, you're like, holy shit. That's our inherent whiteness, right? It's just like, oh, this is, this <laughs> yeah. is new. Like, I can't right. believe, like, Trump is so bad. Like, where did he come from? It's out of nowhere. It's like, oh no, like, this has been going on for forever well it's not even so much that it's more just like well i guess yeah it is well who am i i'm not trying why am i trying to like fool myself like it's totally that you know robert rodriguez is he's got he's been dealing with this and other things that i have not had had to my entire you know our entire lives and stuff so right Mm -hmm. you know that's exactly what's going on here and you know damn (laughs) what's going on where i know that he's doing a mandalorian episode this season but he he seems to have been off the grid until he made a lead a battle angel yeah but i mean that came out last year what did he do what's been his has he been doing like spy kids movies i mean just saying it just seems like before that he hasn't really been around so he did like, i think he was show running or he created or he produced the from dust till dawn tv series oh that's right he ran an entire television network the el rey network yes is, there's also the el rey network, network which joe okay. i don't know if you know about this oh, like, that's it was right. it's local i think to austin maybe but like it exclusively shows like kind of his shit and like Shaw Brothers movies it's like essentially like I had this it's, it's the best it's the greatest I had it on Sling and it's incredible like we, I was watching El Rey all the time because it always had fun movies like this on it was like 80s kind of snuff type stuff and then like his movies and Shaw Brothers movies it was awesome it doesn't exist anymore right I have it I've watched it there's like a comic pe- I mean again with the comic books and but like there's like a show where they just like discuss 
comics and stuff like that. It's like a panel and everything. So as far as oh, I know, cool. it's still going. Yeah. And movies and everything. And I think they're doing like a Halloween stuff for this month. So I think it's still, I don't know if he, how involved he still is, but it's still up there. I have it. So I'm looking right now. Yeah, I have El Rey Nation, I'm checking too. Is. It's not in HD. It's only in standard def, but I have it's channel 198 on Fios. So no, I don't. All right. So that makes sense. So that, that, you know, that's great that you're excused for not having made movies <laughs> <laughs> because you were running an awesome a television network. Fucking TV channel. Yeah, you're yeah. basically Weird Al in UHF just, like, doing it. <laughs> the other fast connection involved here is that Isaac Gonzalez is the star of the, se- the series. So, like, she plays Madam M. So, like, there's hmm. fast connections to be found here. I'm just seeing what else he did. He did a movie called Red 11. I don't know what that Science is. Science fiction horror film written and produced and directed by him came out last year. Really? I have no idea. I remember hearing that like in 2011 or something him he made a movie with was it Malkovich and they sealed it away for like a thousand years or something like what? that. What? Did you guys ever hear about that? No. No. Uh, no yeah, not at all. for a hundred years. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, for a hundred years. Okay. Yeah. So like they made a movie and put it in a time capsule and like none of us are ever going to be able to see it. Weird. You were right though, Mike. Before Alita, there was a five-year gap because he makes this, then he makes a Spy Kids movie a year later. Then he makes Machete Kills in 2013. Then Sin City 2, oh boy, a year oh, after that. Right. And then there's a okay. five-year gap between Sin City at Dame the Kill 4 and Alita Battle Angel. So Interesting. Oh, so he, he directed the Confident video by Demi Lovato, which we covered on here. I did not yeah. know he directed the Rain On Me music video, the Lady Gaga Ariana Grande song from oh, this no year. Oh, no way! He did that. Very Rachel cool. Rachel would be mind-blown by that. That's a really good okay. I've seen that. I watched that one because I'm still in the I'm a monster, or whatever they whatever her fans are, right? So That's what her fans call themselves, or monsters well because there's mama mother monster like she's the you know yeah yeah they're little monsters little monsters, little monsters. Yeah. okay that's cool hey i'm down with whatever monsters are cool before we play yeah, exactly. the letterbox game do you guys want to guess what the body count is in this movie oh boy I'm trying to run through it in my head it's a I'm lot it's like 35 35 uh, i was gonna say 50 you're both too low 150 too low 150 what do you say joe nah i'm gonna go 72 gotta go somewhere in between one more guess 90 85 98 Damn. Damn. That's big. Yeah, I felt like 30 like was like high. I was guessing like... He sure let them hit the floor. Oh. I know. I feel too comfortable on this show. So that's the... <laughs> the only other note that I want to say is that Jonah Hill was cast in the role of Julio, which I think... I don't know for sure, but I think Julio is kind of the, if not white guy, the kind of white passing guy who... Oh, like, yeah. Is, lose his guy, but he had to drop out. He was replaced by Daryl Sabara, but it was almost uh, Jonah Hill in this movie, which would have been very funny, very cool. He's the other spy kid. He's Junie from Spy Kids 1 through 3. He's like, Rachel he's was just brother. showing me... Jonah Hill is? She was just no, showing no, me no, the, the boy, the guy who... Re- yep. okay, okay. Yeah, the guy who replaced him. I was going to say, how did I she go this long? She was literally just showing me her phone saying that. I was like, yeah. how did I go this long without knowing that Jonah Hill was a spy kid? Like, okay, but that, that makes no, more no, sense. No. <laughs> and then the other, the spy the spy girl, I think she's in season Sin City 2, I think. The second, not also, I mean Sin City part two well. i think i'm not one of them or she's in some she shows up i think maybe she's even in the newer spy kid movie she reappears but i mean he loves reusing people and i think that's very cool like i love that all right yeah, that's that's awesome you guys want to watch a trailer i mean which i've seen i i don't know how many times <laughs> i've seen this trailer a, a lot yeah i haven't seen it recently though i want to see it so now see. i don't know what trailer this is like i would imagine that the trailer that they cut for grindhouse was the trailer that they used for this right like they would make know. another trailer i don't know good call this is official know. machete trailer hd it's two minutes long ready three two one play i guess we'll find out if, it, if it's Lindsay lohan in this or if it's someone else right so yeah although no i guess sure. this is a different trailer 
Oh, this is for the actual movie, yeah. Should we watch the original one? Uh, yeah, I don't... Mm. Actually, no, I kind oh, of look, it's this. the shot. That's the shot. It's a shot with her with in underwear. Her in the underwear. Rogue federal yeah. agent. Shea Wiggum, that's Stasiak. When he drops the flowers and the guns there, that was pretty badass, You too. don't know that's intestine. You don't know that she's fully naked. This isn't... Is this the music? This sounds like the music from Planet Terror. Well, the music in this was done by Chingon, which I think maybe did the Planetarian oh, okay. music too. I think that's his band, actually. Right? It might be. His band? <laughs> well, there's Luz at the end of the movie. There's also the band Tito and the Tarantula that is in a lot of his movies. It does a lot of his music too. He's coming after us. Wow, I never knew they. I never knew they made like a. Oh wait, was that Luchador in the movie? It, yeah, yeah, he was in like one scene. That. I think one oh, verse. Right. I think he should have been like the big bad's hench guy or something. Oh, that would have been cool. Yeah. Like this makes it seem so serious. Kind of. No, I want to see the other trailer. Can we watch the other one? Yeah, hold on. We'll do that next. This is bizarre. I've never seen this one. I don't like this. Like it's just weird. It feels very 2000-ish, like the way it's cut. It's it looks like um, Windows Movie Maker or something. Or yeah, but like this is 2010, so like it's late, right? Like it's. Hmm. It's not affected either. Like the it's pristine. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a clean copy. Like yes, 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 yes. And like I guess you can't do the other trailer because like you have you naked women in it, right? So, like, you can't... Yeah. Machete Grindhouse trailer. Yeah, but then you just put those black bars on top of everything. Like, then it, then it's ultra sleazy. <laughs> oh, I like that idea, Mike. That's a good idea. I got all the sleazy ideas. <laughs> no, no, it just, like, no, the black bars makes it seem, like, so, like, so, like, risque, right? Like, yeah. then you're like, ooh, I want to see that. Yeah. Like, you could just put that over a pair of eyes and it'll feel wrong. <laughs> okay, I think this is the right one. There's, like several different lengths. I think this is the right one, though. So this is Machete Trailer posted by Debbie Ironmonger. Cool. <laughs> mm. That's a great name. She she posted this November 9th, 2008. Trailer featured on Planet Terror. This trailer has to be for the Ultimate Macho Movie. Wish they would make it for real. Well, Debbie, boy, do we have a movie for you. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let me know when you guys are ready to watch this one. I'm ready, whatever ready you to go. Are. Three, two, one, play. Okay. They call him Machete. They called him Machete. Nice. This line's in the movie. Yeah, so far this is all in the movie. Like, it's so good. It is. I like this music a little. I don't think we get this music in the actual movie. It feels like a heartbeat. With, like, that weird theremin stuff, it almost sounds like that he was given an BMX Boy movie in the future was... <laughs> oh, Turbo Kid. Turbo Kid, yeah. So the Stasia character was, was re recast, because this is not Stasia, this is some bald mm -hmm. guy. Yeah. yeah. But it looks like all this... Uh, it looks like they just reinserted shots of him. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean Padre. I mean Padre. The crosses, the light. What I can do. God, it's so I good. Know. It's so good. Like, I don't know that. Like, I don't know that you need Tommy Chong in this movie. But like, it would have been cool if Tommy Chong shows up, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. In the chop shop yeah. or something. Where are my wife and daughter? 
So funny. Just so good. Lucky Danny. Yeah. I love in this movie when he swings the machete and decapitates like five people with one swing. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how are you all the same height? Like, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That's so great. Just every every sword. That's like how I imagine Batman's cape on the inside, just laced oh, with all yeah. kinds of weapons. Machete's chop shop. Oh, they do more the here. Yeah. God has mercy. I don't. Love it. Love it. Such a great line. He's really good at writing those too. Yeah. This is so great. How it just affixes right to his bike. The amazing thing is, like, you know, there's a lot of trailer, and, like, you could make this trailer into a movie and probably be, like, 75 minutes, but they add the entire Luz storyline, the entire Jessica Alba storyline, the entire, yeah. like, backstory to the Robert De Niro stuff, the Don Johnson stuff, yeah. like, all the immigration stuff, like, yep. they fleshed out to be an actual, like, he flesh out to be an actual movie, which is great. I do want to say that at the end of this movie, we have the ultimate Han and Giselle on the Autobahn with Jessica Alba sitting oh. facing him oh. on the motorcycle as they drive away, making out. Like, it's crazy. I thought she's just, like, riding on the side. She's not even, like, sitting facing him. Dude, but <laughs> She's just, like, standing on the side of the motorcycle, just, like, around his neck. But also, I think, is so good, like, about this movie, I think they really kept it, the spirit of it. I don't think they did a lot of takes, right? Like, I think a lot of this is just, like, one take, two takes. Like, let's just, just do it. Doesn't matter. Just, like, it's supposed to be dirty. And at the end there, it might, maybe because it's at night or maybe because he's kissing Jessica Alba, but, like, Machete goes to reach for the handlebars and he kind of, like, can't. He, like, fumbles a little and misses and stuff. <laughs> and then when they're driving away, it's obviously, like, a dummy that's just, like, strapped to him or something. <laughs> yep. Like, yeah. it's just so great. Like the the uh, like all of that is intact you know, along the way. Like I I honestly doubt like there were like this took that long to put together. Like it feels like you know like a family film, like a party or something. Well, I know that Lindsay Lohan shot her stuff in three days, and she's not in a ton, but she's not in like just a scene. Like she's kind of in a decent amount of this. And so like if they did all yeah. that in three days, like her at the drug house and then her at the pool scene and then her at the end of the nun outfit like if they did all that in three days like you know when i watch this again i want to go through and see how many people are actually like which actors are actually standing next to each other in an actual shot because that's a way you could sort of tell like oh they may they might not have been there that day like that could be a body double they're talking to or, or something like like there's that whole sequence where jeff fahey's grabbing his daughter out of the drug house in the beginning and it's clearly not Lindsay lohan but then you get in the car and it's Lindsay lohan yes <laughs> like, exactly I, there's there's got to be more of that going on. All right, are you guys ready to play the Letterboxd game? Oh, boy. Please. For reference sake, Mad Max Fury Road, one of the most popular films on Letterboxd, has been seen by 658,000. Still the same. We did not go up since Saturday, since we last recorded. 658,000 people. Machete, directed by Robert Rodriguez and Ethan Manneke. Oh. I don't know who this is. Starring Danny Trejo, Michelle Rodriguez, Jessica Alba, Robert De Niro, Steven Seagal, Cheech Marin, Lindsay Lohan, and Don Johnson. Just crazy. Just like a weird, the weirdest blend of people. How many yep. people have logged Machete on Letterboxd? Hmm. First of all, when you say the cast looks like that, it sounds more like an anthology movie. Like, this was, like, you know... Okay, this is a tough one. Oh, you know, this game's impossible. Guess, like, the Mike? fact that Joe is anywhere near anything, like, ever is still... is crazy to me. So, Machete... I got a guess. Okay. 85,000 is what I'm going to start 85. with, and I think it's higher okay. than that. I don't know that it's that much. I'm going to say it's more like... 
40,000? I will say the answer is between the two of you. 67,000. But you got uh, right on the head. 67, 188. Whoa! What? What? Average rating of (laughs) 3.01 based on 32,000 rankings. How many people of those 67,000 have put it in their top four? You want to go first, Mike? Okay. Man, that's more than I was actually expecting to hear, so I'm going to have to give like a big number. No, no, you want me to give you, you want me to give you like a hint of what I think it is? Okay. Double digits? Triple digits? I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go 35 is my first guess. Wow, way lower than I was going to go. Okay, I was going to say like 120. Uh, You're both too high. You got to go lower than 35. Whoa. Okay. So like 15? 22. 24. Whoa, Joe again, you got so close. <laughs> I, I, I have the sneaking suspicion that he actually cheats at this game because there, there's no I way don't, that I don't, I swear to be, God I don't. There's no way that he should be this good at this game. I swear to God I don't. I, I swear to, like, I can th- promise you, if there's anything, like, cross my heart, I'm not cheating at the letterbox game. A thousand percent. Rachel, look at my <laughs> screen right now. I believe him, yes. Joe One, because if I recall one time... I really lucked out and like got super close like that on one of my visits on your show and was shocked. So I could understand someone playing this like a lot would yeah. sort of get a feel or a groove or like a sense or like a second sense of some kind as to like how this all shakes out. So whatever he's doing in his scientist brain up there, uh, you know, <laughs> you I believe he's not in, cheating. Like, who the director is, what the cast is, and when it came out, and then the snobbery of Letterbox. That's the factors. That's the That's equation. <laughs> That's my equation, yes. I also think that there is probably, and I, I do think that there's still, like, there's some weird voodoo going on, but, like, the way that I <laughs> respond to things, I think Joe also factors, like, I, I'm like, you gotta go way lower. Like, there's, like, there's intonations in my voice, I think, that also sort of tip things off that just hearing me describe things maybe i don't know okay yeah it's like a tell you don't even know you're doing oh you got tells you (laughs) got vocal tells so we're going i don't pick up on them we're going to matthias 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 at djinnar on letterboxd review blood guns and boobs must be good five stars (laughs) okay so machete is his fourth favorite movie of all time okay his top three Two are from the 90s, and one is from around the time of Machete. So they're all kind of recent, but not actually recent. One movie we have talked about on this episode. Hmm. Sin City. No. But you're in the right ballpark, in a way, kind of, sort of. Um, um, Inglorious Bastards. Wrong ballpark. Dust Till Dawn? Yes, from Dust Till Dawn. I was going to say wrong, ball, wrong, ball, <laughs> wrong ballpark, but like Tarantino was in that movie too, so like not wrong, wrong ballpark. Just, oh, you know. that year in high school, I guess it was a senior, uh, I dressed up as Tarantino from that movie because it was such a, like an easy costume. So I had like a bullet hole in my hand Richard with, Gecko. The, with the tape around it, the cowboy boots, and then the suit, and then the vampire teeth in my mouth. Number three is a movie, Joe, that I... That Brian covered on his show okay. that we talked about earlier this lap because it is directed by a guy we have done a bunch of movies from this lap. We did we did two we did a whole week about his movies and this is a movie that I told you to watch and I don't think you did. Is it David Fincher? No. So Brian covered this movie on his show. Mm-hmm. So it, you would you would not movie. think that it's a high school movie. You really like when you think about the movie, you don't think it's high school, but it is high school. It's from ninth. It's from the nineties. We direct. We did uh, two movies by this director this lap. Was this? Is this one of them? No. <laughs> no, but <laughs> it's it not is a faculty. movie that we talked about at length on those episodes because I was like, you need to watch this movie because it's great. It is a uh, a parody, a satire. It's a satire. Coed locker rooms. 
Um, hmm. I'm trying to give clues that don't rooms. just give it away. Science fiction. I'll just. I'll, Denise Richards is in it. Oh, Starship Tanny Troopers. Tanny and the T Rex. <laughs> yeah, Starship Troopers. Tanny and the T Rex. It had spaceships in it and. <laughs> Co-ed lockers. Number one movie is the first movie in a franchise that had a sequel come out ten years later, and the sequel was bad. And the sequel just came out last year. Oh. Terminator. No, not that one. That there's sequels. Hmm. I'm trying to go by his taste. It fits his tastes. The sequel came out ten years later. Yep. So this movie came out in 2009. The sequel came out last year. Same four leads. Total Recall. No. What? They made. They never made a sequel to that. That was they made, a remake. They remade it. Yeah. Also, that started as a. Um, they all started, even Minority Report started as a sequel to Total Recall. There are four leads in this movie. They all came back for the sequel. They all came back Genre for the sequel wise, 10 years later. Genre-wise fits in still with what his other favorite movies are. I know. I feel like I know this because it, I, I have a gut feeling that like I was maybe disappointed. I don't know what it is. I just have a vibe off of this. It's a horror comedy. Mike, you and I both gave the sequel two and a half stars. Hmm... They added one of my favorite actresses to the sequel, and she was by far the best part. Oh, I know this movie, Zombieland. Yep, because Zombieland uh, Double Tap came out, and it was I not was, good, but Zoe yeah. Dutch is amazing. D. Janar, Matthias from Austria, his favorite movies are Zombieland, From Dust Till Dawn, Starship Troopers, and Machete. Four definitely That's a good lineup. Kind. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, Dust Till Dawn got a series eventually but like also Zombieland did you guys ever see the pilot for Amazon that they did for a Zombieland no. TV show no 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 it, definitely not it, it might be worse than the sequel like it is really flat it's so weird yeah so I wasn't sure if you were aware of that it's basically like a mini remake of the first movie I also never watched the Amazon pilots because I don't want to get my hopes up for things that I'm going to get excited about you know and be like oh like why would yeah. you show me the pilot that I'm not going to be able to see like it just yeah. I think they Good realized call. they Good stopped call. doing yep. that yeah oh I forgot that uh, Elon Musk plays Elon Musk in Machete Kills I'm looking at the cast list right now oh great spoilers fuck come on man but there's uh, some Returning faces, some new faces. Oh, oh, I'm starting to remember now. I, I think there's for- a man. Oh my of- god, the cast for this is better than this one. This isn't a spoiler, but Joey will know what I'm talking about. I think there is a person in there who used to be a man of honor, but is no longer a man of honor. If you catch my drift from the movie Men of Honor. Uh, yes. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. With Robert De Niro, who was in this movie, and so his co-stars in the next one. Very yeah, weird. but his his wife or the Charlize is not in this movie. But man, there are let me count this. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. There's like fourteen kind of crazy big actors in this next movie, plus Elon Damn. Musk in a cameo. I'm about it. I can't wait. And I think they're all cameos in the true sense of like the word where they're literally on screen for like a scene or a shot or a thing like that too. So Oh, okay. So like four of them are all something together kind of. Mm-hmm. Which was yes, which was there was one of those which was a big deal and then I think that becomes other things, but yes. Okay. Being weird and vague, but we'll talk about it more on Friday. Mike, are you rejoining us? I mean, Please. I, I will if you'll have me. It's a, you know, yes. it's your, you guys your yes. show. Yes. No. Well, we said yes. Coward did two Resident Evil movies this lap. I think it only makes sense for you to do two Machete movies this lap. I I don't want to overstay my welcome. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't... Brian invites himself on the show all the time. I know. Well, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> like, I don't... I know you got Brian inviting himself on all the time, so I don't want to be that guy as well. Like, No, you're welcome <laughs> to. Please join. I would love to. Right around now, this comes out on Tuesday, I think... 
next Friday, maybe, or this Friday? I don't know. No, next Friday is the Woodies. So I think you still have time to vote for Mike and my podcast, Hangs for the Memories. Oh, yeah. I already did. I already did. You were one yeah, of the I very, voted. very first people to do it. How did you know it was me? You said, like, Joe, too, is so handsome at joeishandsome.com or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait. I love... The, the last one was so much fun, what we did for Cruise. Like, I'm so looking forward to this one. I think it's going to be very fun. Awesome. I hope so. I think so. <laughs> I hope so. I, I'm very excited for it. But, Mike, you also have a new show that debuted this past Friday. The last Friday of every month, uh, Dan Colon and myself uh, have a new show called The Monsters That Made Us. And uh, it is about, uh, we are going to be going through the 31 Universal Horror Films. So your classic monsters such as Frankenstein, the Wolfman, Dracula, the Phantom of the Opera, the Creature from the Black Lagoon, and a few more along the way. Abbott and Costello show up. It's been really fun so far. I mean, it's just, we got the intro episode up and the first episode's out now about the Phantom of the Opera, the 1925 silent film. Joey, I'm not sure, might be the oldest film ever um, reviewed on the network. When was King Kong? That was in the 30s, right? Yeah, that was later. I think 30s or so. Yeah, 35. I mean, there's there's honestly not a lot of movies at all that came out before 1925, right? True, feature length. Very true. Like, unless we do, like, uh, Man on the Moon or, like, Train Coming Train train Arriving at Station. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Train Arriving at Station. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. I talked about the Lemire Brothers uh, snowball fight outside the studio on our episode. (laughs) So, like, that gives you a little sense of, like, what there was, I suppose. But um, so we're starting with the 31. There were 31, like, in universe universal horror films during the initial first run uh, so we're starting with that and then you know universal remade them and there's like the brendan fraser mummies and stuff so like we're gonna just work our way through go back in time work our way up again and just see where we land and uh that's a blast yeah. But you so were pitching uh, a, a crossover today to us. Oh my goodness, yeah. So I was recording with Kyle Reidfried yesterday, and I was talking about this show, and he goes, you know, it's interesting that there's another show on the network that also is under the Universal Studios. I was like, oh my God, the Fast and the Furious meet the Universal Monsters. He's like, yeah. I was like, I could not stop thinking about that like all night, you know? And I think I, I don't know who I, I might have messaged someone. I was like, what if, us, Ro- yeah. Yeah, what if Roman turned into a werewolf, Dom, I love it. Toretto, vampire hunter? Like, I don't know Ooh. how you do Ooh. it. But, like, there's got to be a way. They find the Dragula car. I don't know. Like, one of them, oh, well, there's a lot of secret agent stuff, so one of them becomes the Invisible Man. My mind just goes off on on beautiful tangents. Because we've talked a lot about crossing over with, like, Transformers and with Men in yes. Black Jurassic and with Park. Jurassic Park, but like we never talked about the Universal Monsters, which doesn't make sense, but also makes as much sense as anything else we've talked about, right? So like, why not? Yeah, and I feel like nowadays with like the new Invisible Man, that's so grounded in reality. Like, obviously, like Etion could have an Invisible Man suit. Like, it seems right up their alley. Yeah. You know, like that seems like come on, Juice Alba's like a Frankenstein, right? Like he, they're already yeah. doing it. It's so good. Cool. Anything else you want to plug? Anything else you want to mention? Because I guess you'll be back on Friday to talk more stuff but anything else between now and then no. yeah no just uh, go vote 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 for the woodies uh, third time's and a charm and vote in real life this is oh, Tuesday yeah. right? how appropriate not intentional at all but <laughs> yeah. also I will take full credit for it that our uh, election day episode is machete Boy, yes I'm really good at this I'm really good at this You're, you nailed it dude your calendar chef's just kiss. like mind control Perfect. week definitely planned. happened yeah that's right yeah well for all things too fast too forever you go to cageclub.me facebook.com slash too fast too forever or at too fast too forever on twitter and instagram email us family at cageclub.me 
Come back on Friday with Mike will come back for Machete Kills. Send us an email. Check out our Patreon. Do all that sort of fun stuff. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And I'm Mike Manzi. And we'll tell you all about it when we see you again. Oh, I love that sign off. (laughs) 